Fit PTC says, hey, Andy, is this the right place? I may not be Andy, but it is the right place. Andy is in the virtual green room right now. We will bring him out in just a minute. Today, we are going to be talking about freedom from fatness with Andy McCann. Andy's been on the show before. Uh, he is the proprietor of CrossFit Garage and a really cool dude, longtime listener and community member. And we'll have him on in just a minute to talk about improving your health and fitness even if you're like a middle-aged dude that's kind of let things go for a long time and you think it's too late, it's not. You can change your life. I am proof. Andy is proof, and we'll talk about that a bunch today. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about being prepared. We talk a lot about creating wealth and wellness in our lives, et cetera, right, and growing our own food and getting off seed oils and, and, and saving money and, and, and building businesses and homeschooling kids and so many things that are inside the Liberty space. You know what else is inside the Liberty space, and it gives me – no pleasure to say say this, a lot of obesity, okay? And it, it doesn't really do you good to build the life you want to live if you don't get to actually live it because you end up dead or crippled or just miserable in what we call old age. It's not even that old. And that is the future a lot of people have in front of them. People like Andy are trying to prevent that from happening. And, you know, Andy is a CrossFit guy. It's some pretty intense workouts when you take it to, you know, the, the full extent of it. But we're going to talk about ways that anybody can improve their health today. That's just one angle that we can talk about. It, a big part of it starts with diet. A lot of it starts with activity. We're going to cover all that today. Before we do, let's hear from our sponsors of the day. Sponsor of the day number one today is John Pugliano with the Wealth Steading Podcast, where you can learn to grow your wealth the way you grow a garden on your homestead, the Wealth Steading way. John is one of us. He is a prepper himself, long lifelong prepper, really. Uh, amazing guy, former Marine and former U.S. Army officer, but he made himself a liquid millionaire as an investor before he started working as investment manager for others, and he shares his knowledge on the Wealth Setting Podcast. It's a short show, one or two episodes a week, totally worth subscribing to. Learn more at wealthsteading.com. Next up today is Joel Riles with K9 Academy. I will tell you, I had a personal hand in the way that K9 Academy was put together and the way that it's marketing uh, marketed. Joel actually came to my property. We got our dog Bell from him. That was the deal. We got an amazing, amazing dog. And he got a full like four days of, of being able to work with me at my place. We went out and drank way too much adult beverage as well while we were at it. But we came up with a really great program. And I invite you to take a look at it. If you ask anyone who trains dogs for a living, the hardest thing that they have to do when it comes to training dogs, it's not training dogs. It's teaching people. People are the variable. Dogs are simple. They have a simple way that they operate. You condition them to respond the way that you want to. That's the definition of training. People, we have our own ideas about everything. We're always trying to do something different, and we say things like, I just want to let him be a dog. Well, that's why he ate your underwear. How about you go to K9 Academy? Sign up at least for the basic obedience course. No matter what you want that dog to do, if you want it to retrieve birds from the bush as a hunting dog, you start with core obedience. You want it to protect your property and your family, you start with core obedience. See how this all goes together? You want a dog that will be an awesome dog on your homestead, defend your animals, and not eat them. You start with 
core obedience. So that's where everybody should start. You can learn more at canineacademy.us. But in this case, because of the way that I'm working with Joel, I would really appreciate it if you would go by the Survival Podcast, use the link in the episode, the link in the video notes below, or the banner on the website, because my arrangement with Joel is not a monthly fee. We have an affiliate arrangement for this because we partnered on it. So I would appreciate that, though. I won't cry if you just go there and do it. Canine Academy, learn to train your dog by getting taught yourself by an expert, Joel Riles. With that, let's bring our expert. Well, I guess he is a new member of the expert panel. Andy McCann will be joining the expert panel. He just sent me his little bit too long bio uh, by email a few moments moments ago. Yeah, and uh, but he's he's a great dude. We've had him on before, and he is here to talk to us about improving your fitness. And the the original title of this episode was "You don't have to be a fat ass if you don't want to be," but you know. YouTube would demerit us if I put it in the graphics, so we changed it to Freedom from Fatness. Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be back. I'm looking forward to uh, answering some of these questions. There's already a bunch in the uh, chat. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. So, so, so Andy, brand new to the Expert Council, has been on the air a couple times with it now. He's already like, he's not in the piker tree. He chopped the piker tree down. I already have a backlog of content <laughs> from him, but I'm sure more questions will come in after today. Um, so, so I appreciate the motivation there, man. Um, before we get into this, let's start off with what did you do before you found CrossFit for health and fitness? Like what was your life like? Because now you actually like run a gym, right? Like it's yours. And so there's a big step to go from, I'm not even into CrossFit or anything at all. And that now I actually run and own a gym. Yeah. So I think like, Everybody out there, you just do what people say to do. So I would show up to, I don't know if they're still around, but Australian Body Works, sign up at the gym, go in there and move some of the equipment around and then think, I don't know, I guess I did something. Um, I didn't even really know the difference between like what is strength training like with hypertrophy and what is cardio and what is hit. I, I didn't know anything. I, I was an athlete sort of um, that has some lingering issues there. And I just did the regular stuff. But uh, I found myself... Um, doing these uh, longer races, some endurance races for fun. And when I would go out and travel on my sales job, I'd come home and my wife would say, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm about to go train. She's like, really? You've been gone all week. And are you going to leave again just to go train? I'm like, uh, I think I'm learning something here. I think the answer is no, I'm not going to. <laughs> so, yeah. So I know someone put a question in here. How do you prioritize fitness? It should be a priority, but it shouldn't be the priority. So like, um, like I'll put in the, in the schedule, like work out on Tuesday at the gym, go to class. But my daughter at Auburn, she said, hey, come for a visit. Family comes first. You prioritize that. So anyway, from back in the beginning, I was just doing what everyone else did. And um, I was really looking for a hack to be able to do these long races, yet go on these sales trips. And uh, some guy came up to me and said, hey, Andy, you should try this stupid thing called CrossFit. I'm like, all right, hold my beard. Let's do it. And um that's really where I found myself into it, and there was no great place to do this back in 2007. So, uh, like, <laughs> we had uh, I had taken a fertilizer bag, emptied out half of it, duct taped the top of it, and used that as a kettlebell. I'm sure okay. there's health aspects to like breathing in fertilizer that's being flung around, but it, it was just fascinating that there was a hack to this health and fitness, and it didn't have to be. I went to the gym, you know, for six hours. I, I mean, I don't, I can't do that. And it, and it didn't, it didn't have to be, I went for a jog for an hour. I, I just, 
that hurt my knees just to run on pavement for so long. So there was, there had to be something different uh, that was out there. And then that I accidentally found this. Uh, Eric Richards is the one who turned me on to it. So it's much like all of you out there. What do I do? Anything is better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We already have one question, more of a diet question on that. And we'll hit at the end. I'm going to sure. remind everybody right now. If you have questions for me and Andy or me or Andy, either way, please put the word question in all caps. Then you post your question and I have a little star feature uh, in the StreamYard back end and I will star that so that we don't miss it and we answer it at the end. And I'll be pretty good at catching the day because Andy's carrying most of the weight and doing most of the talking. So just make sure you put that all caps question. We'll probably get to you today. So I want to ask you another question. Why sure. did you decide to start a gym and leave the, 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 the kind of the sales life behind. I, based on what you just said and based on my experience, which was about 15 years of, of being on the road, it probably has something to do with all of the travel. Yeah. So that's exactly right. So it sounds like, um, I know you worked for fluke. I worked for uh, uh, TTC back then selling T-Birds and I was traveling all the Southeast States and in my first step to health, was, okay, what could I do food-wise, nutrition-wise to, to, like, not eat out all the time? So I went from yeah. Wendy's to Cracker Barrel. I'm like, okay, I thought that was a huge step, and I don't know. So now my rule is if it has a drive through don't go there. Yeah. But um, So we started the gym. It was a couple of us that started it, and it was really just looking for a place to do this besides my basement where you were flinging around a fertilizer bag. And so, you know, now it's 2024. Things have come a long way in, in that environment. But – um. I think uh, the the other side of it, and you bring this up a lot, guys, I, I think last time I was on, we talked about giving self-reliance a chance. Guys, listen to what Jack is telling you. Um, he talked about this stupid thing that I didn't understand called Bitcoin. And man, Jack, you jerk. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't tell you how happy I am to see it at $56,000 a coin. So yay, right? Um, the other Are is- you Jack today? It's up in the 60s. Oh, geez, really? No, I hadn't looked. <laughs> it was like 62 about an hour and a half ago. I follow the advice you gave out. I, I, I'm on Swan. We do a hundred dollars a week and sure. I just keep buying. And I never check it. Yep. Yep. You don't have so, to. Once you, once you make it. See, and I think that there's a lesson in that for what we're talking about here today. There's all these different types of exercises you can do. And we'll maybe we'll talk about some of them that are unique to CrossFit or whatever. But in the end, it's a simple process. We don't eat garbage it. and we get physical activity. Right. And once you break it down to that, then you choose what that means to you is not eating garbage and you choose to you what equals good, strenuous physical activity. And then you just do it. And then I bet you you probably don't get on the scale every day. And no, like, uh, so maybe so in the beginning. Not, right. But now. No, I ne never really. But um, I, I got sick and lost a lot of weight. So I'm trying to gain oh. it back. And okay. uh, my son is challenging me. He, he, it's that 18 year old. I'm a young buck. I'm going to come come after you. So there is a little bit of like, dad, I'm bigger than you. I'm like, I am actually happy and proud that you're bigger and stronger and all those things. I want you to be that way. But um, no, you're exactly right. So it, it's I think the the hack to fitness or any of this is just show up. So my dad's a sales guy and he said, Andy, if you're going to follow me into sales, he's a mechanical engineer that went into sales. So the apple didn't far fall from the tree. He said, seriously, number one rule is just show up. Most of those other sales guys are going to like miss their appointments. Just don't be that guy. I'm like, okay. So show up for your fitness. It doesn't really matter what you do. Do something and then do a little bit more. Track it, all that stuff. So the reason we started the gym was we had no place 
to do this that like we were doing it stupid. Like, hey, swing a kettlebell. That's a fertilizer bag. Drop weights on a concrete floor. I mean, this you <laughs> you're asking for some things to go wrong, right? So um, anyway, that's kind of how we started it. And then I I loved the idea that in the in, when CrossFit or Greg Glassman, the guy who started it. I love his methodology. I don't love CrossFit. I'm not into the CrossFit games. I think if you do that sort of stuff, promote like that direction, it's like being a pro, pro football player. Yes, you made it, but you're going to uh, cut your like life off. <laughs> what was that? I just keep going. I'm trying to do something for one of the audience members. Okay. There it is. <laughs> uh, look at that. Yeah. Is that a new thing on uh it's, it's part of the Apple OS now, and the people that are on the audio are like, what the hell? Which has happened. Like, that was pretty cool. It was so, like Laser Floyd, right? So Prep to Adventure, saw, he said he lost something like 50, 48 pounds since getting oh, wow. on Noster and just finding some friends, you know, and starting to work on things. So I gave kind him a little, uh, community, little right? celebration. Any, I didn't want to disrupt you. If you see me doing any weird hand gestures, just roll. Okay. So no, but that's, that's a huge point right there. So something that's overlooked is I'm doing this on my own, man, having a community like yours to like, Hey, I'm trying chickens. I am failing. Somebody help me. There are people that are willing to help you do whatever it is. So same thing in this community. If you're on Nostra or whatever system you're on, just make a call out. Somebody will walk along with you. So the accountability is high, but um, yeah. So I, I had fought fatness back when I was younger because Krispy Kreme was right next to our house, and the red oh. hot donuts would come on, and um, all my Italian family would get on the the, the phone. Hey, the hot the hot, hot signs on, hot signs on, and we'd all go down there, and Fat Andy would you know get wheeled down there in his uh, wagon, and you know the goal wasn't to like eat him and slow down. It was how fast or how much of a donut could you cram in your mouth and let it you know dissolve away, right? So if you don't have yeah. Krispy Kreme, you're missing out. I don't yeah. do that anymore, but yeah. that was the thing. And then I got into high school and I got into wrestling and I found a lot of disorders that you could really um, dive into for uh, cutting weight. And uh, so there had to be some sort of better way to do this. And that's kind of why we found this CrossFit thing. And we started our own gym because in 2008, there, there was nothing you could do. There was nowhere to go. Unlike, you know, if you want to go to McDonald's, then right beside them is dialysis. So you got yourself covered back then, you know, CrossFit. What? What is that? So are you just saying there weren't as many gyms? Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. So basically, it's an affiliate model. So you yeah. have to like just pay to use the name, and then anybody can can do it. Yeah. But yeah, in 2008, I would probably have to drive an hour to find two gyms. In uh, mm. 2024, I could drive five minutes from the gym in any direction and pass two. So you're so saying it's kind it's kind of like a loose franchise in a way, or more like a licensure of the name. Yes, it is. It's not like a typical franchise where they tell you exactly what to do, where to buy your equipment, what building you can have. But what they're saying right. is if you want to put CrossFit up there, then there's a cost to do that. That's exactly right. There's some other okay. things that they give you due to that. And I, there were some questions earlier while we were waiting to, for the live feed to go. But somebody had said, I'm not into that, like pull ups in whatever. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. have to do that. So. Back in the day, CrossFit was, um, hey, Jack, you interested in CrossFit? Yeah, come to the gym. Try it out. I hope you don't throw up. Wink, wink. You're going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, we actually treat people like customers, and wow. we have an, an on-ramp procedure to get people into it and then scale and modify everything to meet you where you're at. It's 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 a huge hack, but um, it's not for everybody. And, and you know, just like Bitcoin's not for everybody. Some people want to buy the other Coins, which I don't even know what they are, but that's shit fine. coins. That's there just the go. core. They just put them all together in one bucket. Shit coins. Um, yeah, and I think that's the way things need to be, right? So, 
even when I joined the army, right, the first workouts we did, there were a lot of guys that were really out of shape and they, they really suffered through them. But if you had any level of fitness in your background, like, like I played football and I wrestled in, in high school, right? Like, they weren't that tough. And you're thinking, this ain't no damn big deal. About three and a half weeks in, you're going, this is some bullshit, right? But yeah. they started you and then worked you up. And I think that if you don't do that, you have a recipe for, for three primary things. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have a lot of dropouts and fallouts. And you're going to get a lot of negative publicity. Right. And, you know, P.T. Barnum said all publicity is good publicity. No. That was true back when all publicity was a newspaper. And if it had your name on, at least people knew who you were in a world where everybody talks to everybody. Social media is everywhere. Everything's on video. Everything's on TikTok. Bad publicity is not good if you're trying to build a movement. And by having a way to ease people in, we already have questions here. Look, we're, we're going to wait till the end. but We're going to go ahead and hit this one right now. Sure. Any advice for a beginner wanting to start CrossFit? And look here, this is I'm just going to cover both of these right here together. David says, being new to CrossFit, it looks intimidating. Can anyone do it, or do you have to be fit to start? Those two questions are coming from that legacy view of what CrossFit was 10 years ago. That, that's where those two questions are coming from. That's the heart of them. Can you speak to that? Yeah, sure. So the easy answer is, yeah, anybody can do it. Um, and there is a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But um, – I think it's it's similar to, you know, hey, I'm going to raise ducks. I don't know. It sounds really hard. No, you just need a pool. You just need a start. So um, I, there is going to be more benefit to you um, if you've never done anything. I love it when someone comes to us and says, hey, I'm 50. I haven't done anything in 30 years. Help me. I'm like, yes. It's like uh, when I started that sales job. They're like, hey, you have Louisiana and Mississippi. I'm like, great. Has anybody sold there? No, not really in the last five years. And I thought, heck, yeah, because – anything that I did is going to move the needle on that tiny little quota. Right. Yeah. So if you come into this with like nothing, that is great. Also, you're not having to overcome um, the, uh, uh, the stuff that you sort of learn. Like one of the worst things we get is um, uh, guys who, who lifted in high school and they lifted really bad, but they had really big numbers. And you're like, Hey, you're mm. 50. You haven't done anything in a while. Let's just forget that happened. Go slow and steady and that's with like anything. I think uh, there was an earlier question. I was kind of reading through them a bit. Um, if you want to do any of this, go, go slow and steady. That's how you do it. You, you don't rush into it. Um, you take the time to understand who you are. So if you didn't do anything, again, let's say you didn't do anything for 20 years, uh, go for a walk. If you can walk 15 minutes out and 15 minutes back, then, and then like, how do you feel tomorrow? If you're like, my Achilles tendon is killing me. You know what you probably shouldn't do? Go for another like an hour walk. Don't do that. Like roll your leg out and then maybe do like a five minute walk. So um, it's changed a lot. This idea. And um, I don't know if I heard this from you or somebody else, but if you ever want to shortcut a process, hire a coach or a mentor. They're going to mm -hmm. like invest in you. So whether it's I mean, CrossFit, you get a cheap mentor because it's like five dollars a class or six bucks a class or whatever it's yeah. going to come out to. But um, if you hire a personal trainer, it's a lot more. But um most people's problems are very similar. Like 90% of the time, if a guy walks into the gym, I'm going to say, hey, I bet you have tight shoulders. They're like, yeah, how did you know? I mean, that's just it, right? Yeah. Or if a lady walks into the gym, hey, I bet you want to lose weight. I mean, that's like there's stereotypes that you're hitting all over the place. And I probably butchered up that question, but uh, I think that was no, too I think it's, it, 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 
is is pretty spot on. And, and can you relate that to maybe how the whole culture is a little bit different than it was? You know, I started this show in 2008. I had a lot of people ask me about CrossFit, and I did I did not have a a a, a kind opinion. Yeah, and, no. and there was a reason, and it wasn't that it didn't work, right? But it was it was the culture mindset. Yeah, there. So I, I want to say it was uh, back in 2007 and eight. It was a lot like a drag car racing culture. Like, dude, let's throw it down. Whose car is faster? And we would do anything we possibly could to beat the other people in the gym at what we whatever it is we were doing. So my my uh, um. I don't know my strength. Strength is my weakness. I am not a strong guy. So many people say CrossFit will make you bulky. Man, look at me. I'm just not that big. But the cool thing is you get to learn to use your body. So for whatever reason, I guess maybe I should have been in the circus. You mentioned uh, Barnum and Bailey. I, I can do weird circus tricks. So CrossFit worked out well for me, and I could move really well. And we tried to burn it down, and we tried to get people to throw up, and we tried to go into the nasty room and just have a little, like, sit down and watch TV in the nasty room. And that was completely absolutely wrong. <laughs> we did that for years. I can't believe that um, any of the gyms stayed in business that did that. So the model around 2015 started changing and you know, people saying, Hey, I, you know, I'm an owner and I'm now 50. I, I can't do like that or 40, whatever it is. So I think yeah. as the owners got wiser, um, we all started adjusting to Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What you're saying is that when these guys who were starting these gyms were like all 28-year-old gym bros, they were treating everybody else like they were 28-year-old gym bros. Yeah. But even though they did this shit for 15 years and they were in much better shape than their contemporaries, they're like, oh, wait a minute. This is what it fucking feels like to be an older man. <laughs> That's You know what? That's exactly right. And, and weirdly, the industry is full of gym bros. Yeah. And so it's um, I mean, I, uh, there's not many people like, hey, I'm an electrical engineer. I invested in real estate. That kind of is what I do now. And I can yeah. run a gym. So while I may not know all of the right words. Yeah. And sometimes I joke around saying, hey, let's stretch out our ulna. And they're like, that's not true. What are you talking about? Um, yeah. The lessons are still true. And the things that you learn over that time, it's just, you know, experience makes you wise in the thing. Education just makes you have knowledge. Yeah. 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 So we've all changed dramatically. And, and again, that question is, what if I don't like to do those things? Yeah, that's the beautiful thing. You scale and modify, but towards an end of getting better. So like um, if you have bad knees, I think somebody had uh, sent in a question a while ago or maybe it was on this. I don't know. But if I have bad knees, what do I do? Well, the doctor may tell you don't do anything with your knee. How practical is that? Like, really? Don't use my knee? Knees. That doesn't make any sense. So anyway, it should be some sort of understand your body, scale and modify, have somebody else eyeball you. Because really, how many times does that thing come up and you're like, um, wait, when I say I drink a case of beer every night, that sounds weird. Now that you make me say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes just having somebody else to listen, you're like, yeah, I probably I probably should adjust that. Let me say what you said to me as though it was me saying it. And you tell me what you would think if I was the one saying it. You might be like, that's really a bad idea, dude. But yeah. when you say it it, it, it you just became part of your life. I think there is a lot of that. Oh, yeah. um, I think a big part of this, though, and it's probably, you know, spending time in sales, you understand the customer needs to be uh, taken care of and appreciated and responded to. And I can't make working out not working out, right. but I can make working out fit the customer better. 
And right. that is going to make a much more customer friendly environment. You're going to have a much more successful business because what you call a really great business with no customers is bankrupt. <laughs> that's it. Right? I'm sure there's plenty of gyms that went bankrupt. I'm sure no, that's it. No, yeah. and outside of CrossFit, both. That two weeks to flatten the curve again. I'm not going to say that word in case anybody gets canceled, but uh, yeah. that messed a lot of people up. So um, I would like to differentiate. Um, yes, I am all in on CrossFit. You don't have to do that. CrossFit is a methodology, which is yeah. constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity sometimes. I'm yeah. not into CrossFit as in like you must come in and do a muscle up or you must come in and go to the games. That, that's not it. It's just a methodology. It's like um, yeah. the difference between um, – um, uh, Aerobics, yoga, quizzo, yeah, it. right? It's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's it's constantly very functional movements. So what does that mean? I mean, stand up, sit down, lift something. It's anything. Yeah. It's literally yeah. anything. One of the things I'm working with right now is my grandson is is beginning to finally take seriously. He's a pretty gifted baseball player, pitcher, but he's actually he's at 13. He's starting to see the the value of put the extra work in. Don't just throw the baseball. Belt the muscles and and stuff. And one of the things I'm working with him on the gym that we have upstairs is. If you're doing, I don't care if it's an eight rep, 10 rep, 12 rep sets, whatever it is, if the last reps are not strenuous, you need to increase your rate, your, 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 your weight, or you need to increase the number of your reps per cycle or something because you shouldn't be able to easily do the last reps in a cycle. And you really shouldn't be able to easily do the last the last set in a cycle of, uh, of sets. Right. And so you've now opened up the, the ultimate can your body is in survival mode. It only grows when you push it to survive. Now I'm not saying hold your breath underwater. I hope that works. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> right. You, you, you got it. You, and, and I mean, if it comes from you, that's proximity bias. It may not work, but if I told him, yeah. he might be like, wow, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that's it. So you need to strain yourself just a little bit, right? Yeah. So on the bell-shaped curve of movement, doing nothing, not so great. Doing extreme stuff, the, 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 when you fail, catastrophe can happen at the extremes. But if you're in the nice bell-shaped top, just push a little bit. Get a little bit of that, hmm, I feel like I'm sore. Yeah, my, my, my thing to him, too, was, and that is with keeping proper form. Yeah. Right? When you're so, doing this, when you're doing this and then you got it done, no, that's – that's yeah. too much weight or that's too many reps. You, if you can't do it with proper form, get a spotter, reduce the reps, but get to – in the Army, we just use a simple term, muscle failure. There's if a, you're not too muscle failure at the edge of muscle failure, you haven't trained sufficiently. Yeah, and so that's the beauty right there of something like a hypertrophy. So I'm pushing my muscles. It's going to recruit more muscle fiber and all that stuff. But you're doing something else awesome for him. And, and this is an inexpensive thing, but also probably the better thing. Use dumbbells. You don't need a barbell. Yeah. Yeah. Dumbbells are going to expose this side, like, oh, my right side's way stronger. I wonder why, because you're right-handed. Duh. We right? do a lot so, with uh, Total Gym. We have kind of mm-hmm. like the uh, the gym level quality one, which, which by the way, anybody wants to buy one of those, you can get them for brand new on eBay as rebuilds or some shit, and they're brand new, and it's just – so Total Gym doesn't want people selling their Total Gyms on the secondary market and cannibalizing things, so – they sell brand new ones and call them refurbished on eBay to poison that market and keep people from selling their secondhand. So that will save you on the level I'm talking about 800 bucks. Wow. Um, but because it's a cable based independent system, you see the same thing when like one arm is exceeding the capacity of the other. It's, I, I really never thought of that, but it has other training benefits as well. But 
Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so the, 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 usually the comment we get on that particular area when somebody gets to the gym is we do use a lot of barbells and then we yeah. use some dumbbells, but usually they're coming in from machines and they're like, like just as an example, hey, on, on the bench press machine, I can do 200 pounds, but yeah. like free weights with a bar, I'm only at 180. But with yeah. dumbbells, I'm only at like, like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Doesn't it? <laughs> so you're giving yeah. three degrees of freedom. So yeah. 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 yeah the, the machine, it, you know, a total gym is totally different because you have that freedom of movement. Right. But when you're on like a bench press machine, you can't get out of skew because the machine won't let you. And there's a benefit, but there's also a detriment. The benefit is your form can only be so bad. You can do dumb shit with your back and all, but you're not going to skew your shoulders or whatever. The, the the detriment is there's you lose the fine motor control muscle isolation build building where to stay in proper form there are all these little pieces of the muscle and the structure that have to be focused on and that's why you can get a dude who doesn't lift who on a raw strength challenge is stronger than another dude but you put them on a bench rest and you make them use proper form and the smaller guy will outlift the bigger guy if yeah. he lifts every day and he has a technique down. And that's yeah, no, really got hard to get into people's minds. So there's a there's a thing. Um, it's hypertrophy, growth of your muscle fiber. Then uh-huh. there's muscle fiber recruitment. So you can okay. actually teach your body to recruit more. That's the skinny strong. Like, how can you possibly lift that? That guy's recruiting more muscle fiber. Got By it. how much? I don't know. But I mean, we don't use all of our muscle. Yeah. And um, yeah. So hypertrophy. Well, he's, got bench press and he's got a huge bicep and you're like, oh, well, look how big he is. Well, this bicep does almost nothing. Right. In that lift, right? And bicep and, and, and traps. And yeah. Right. Um, the, the bicep is the most overrated muscle because it looks good. Hey, right? <laughs> everybody likes them. Yeah. Everybody likes them. So what would you tell a 50 year old fat ass today? Right. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm 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 so out of shape. I just don't know. Like, you know, but I don't want to live this way anymore. Yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of avenues that could be happening with 50-year-old fat ass, but let's assume it's, hey, I haven't really done anything. I'm the standard guy that did a lot of work, and here I am sitting on my butt, and I'm just, what do I do? Man, the first thing you could do is change the way you eat, and I wouldn't do, like, the harder calorie counting. I would just mm-hmm. do some habits. So figure out what you're doing that's stupid, and one way to do that is to log what you do and just let somebody else look at it. So you're going to go out on a limb here. If you eat an entire tub of ice cream each night, Man, that's stupid. And if you tell somebody else that, you're going to know why you're saying, yeah, that's bad. I probably shouldn't do that. So there's easy things you could do. I would start with food. Everything starts with nutrition. I, I guess I backed that up. Are you sleeping? If your sleep is crap, I probably hit that first, but that might be what you're eating. Hey, I do a, I do a mug of coffee before I go to bed. Well, guess what? <laughs> you're not going to sleep well. Um, I think the other thing, a statement that I've heard and I just stole from my own, is that if the hardest thing you do all day are the things you do all day, yeah, you're probably in trouble, unless you're in construction, right? Um, I think after that, I would tell somebody, first, learn to lift. And um, there's value to strength. And then you could also just lift lighter, and it can turn into cardio. But um, I would start in that genre. Um, and then if you're looking, like, typically we'll tell people good, better, best. So good would be, hey, just go walking, see what your body does. Um, better would be, learn to lift best would be find somebody that'll kind of like care about your goal and make sure you're doing it right. And this is find a coach, 
Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where CrossFit comes in. You get a pretty cheap coach that really wants you to move well. Again, you don't have to go to a CrossFit gym. There's many gyms out there that will do this sort of thing. I'm just saying have eyes on you because you don't know how bad you are doing it until somebody else says, hey, did you know you're rounding out your back? You're probably going to like hurt yourself. You probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, and I, I think this is something that people who have never like trained and started to make progress don't appreciate until it happens to them, and it would be better to know this in advance. And that is when you really feel like I am hitting that point where the weight's coming off, the muscle is toning, my endurance is going up, et cetera, but you didn't do what you just said, which is have somebody help you. You are making mistakes in your form and the way you're applying your lift structure and everything else. And it is a matter of time before it will end up with an injury. And that injury may not be life altering. You may not be laying on a table, having your knee, you know, arthroscopically worked on or anything. You might, but you you probably won't. But let's say that you create a back strain or a arm strain or something, and it interferes with your ability to train for two or three weeks. That's it right there. It fucks you. I mean, that's the only way I can put it. And you, And when you've had it happen before and you know you just did it again, it is incredibly demotivating. Damn it. Like mine was totally unrelated this summer. I was really getting into heavy bag work and I had a glass fall out of the cabinet and cut into my knuckle on my right hand into the cartilage. And I really couldn't hit the bag for about two months. Right. And it was so, and there was other things I could do at least because it wasn't, you know, I could still lift weights, I could still run, I could still work out in the garden. But when you really are beginning, because what will happen, and this is, again, if you've never done this, it may be hard to get around the fact that what you dislike will become something that you will crave. Yeah. When you start training to the level of actually releasing the endorphins that come with heavy training, even I'm not saying that every morning when you get up and you're going to go to the gym or whatever, you're going to be like, oh, I can't wait to do this. What I'm saying <laughs> is, in the middle and toward the end, you will get this feeling that is better than any drug. And it is beneficial to you in so many ways. And then even though you think you don't want to work out when you can't and you're missing that, it is incredibly demotivating. And it can set you back further than the time that you were set back, I guess. That's right. Well, and so to, to that end, my mantra in the gym is like, they're like, hey, how hard should I do? What should I do? And I'm like, do whatever you can that ensures you'll be back tomorrow. So yeah. don't don't like go in the nasty room. Don't put on the stupid hat. Like, listen to your body. Go slowly and, and see what's happening to yourself, because it, it's it's just like we talked about with investing, with Bitcoin or whatever it is. Just do a little bit every day. You will never be a millionaire if you don't like save some of that money, right? So just little tiny bits over time. Actually, I tell you what, the worst thing you could ever do, and I've had people do this. Um, it's, uh, I had a lady walk into the gym. She's like, hey, I got to lose 30 pounds for a wedding. I'm like, great. When's the wedding? She's like, in a month. I'm like, well, the only way I could do that is if I uh, use my old wrestling tactics, but it might kill you. And she's like, I'm in. I'm like, no, <laughs> Wait, I just said it might kill you, right? So <laughs> slow and steady, one pound a month. It, it, I, it, it, if you could lose 12 pounds in a year, you'd be too happy, right? If you could add 12 pounds of strength. So I'm 50. If I can add one pound in a lift, well, I don't do that anymore because, again, the edges of extreme, one rep max yeah. might have some sort of failure that I don't want to incur. 
but one pound is great or maintaining is great, right? My yeah. goal, it, really, you have to come up with a sticky why. Why do you even care? Why do you want to do this? You want to hit that heavy bag. It's like, I want to be harder to kill. I can punch. I can fight. Great. I want to be able to coach my kids' kids in soccer one day. Man, it doesn't have to be soccer, but it's a picture. It's a mind. Yeah. What? What do I want in the future? And that motivates me. Then you can do the things like you were talking about. Like, like I do it every day, and then I got out of the habit. If you build habits around your the things you do, like at night. Uh, I, I, you ever read that book, The Five Love Languages? Yeah, There's I have. There's a sixth one. It's called Sleep. My wife loves sleep. So my habit is to take all my clothes, bundle them up, put them by the, the door. And when I roll out of bed and trip over things and the dog and everything, I grab that and I walk out. But I'm walking out with my workout gear, right? So she gets her sleep. I get my workout gear. The first thing I put it on is workout gear. I hope I'm going to the gym that day because I already got it on. Yeah. No, I, you notice the the pattern there, too. It does seem like there's people like when you were talking about the Bitcoin, like you're never going to be a millionaire if you don't start somewhere. The people who did and started a long time ago, whether it's fitness, diet, investing, building a business, creating a content business, a gar garden soil, anything. They start way back here and they do this little bit all the way through. And then somebody comes and looks at it five, ten years into the process and they say something like, oh, you're lucky. <laughs> and they weren't there during this entire process. And they don't understand that person may have actually been further behind when they started with whatever it is, then this person is right now that's telling you how lucky you are. Right. Because I think people have a hard time realizing like, you know, you come, if you came here, just, it's not fitness. It's my property, the, the fitness of the soil. Right. And you look over my fence to the backyard and you say, wow, you have such better land than Dennis does. Really? And, and just magically it starts exactly at the fence and my magic and my property slowly is extending inch by inch past the fence every year. And now it's exactly like six feet out from the fence line all the way down the fence line. But that's luck. And people say, well, you're fit, so that's lucky. Well, go look at a picture of me from 2014. No, it's not. No, it's not, right? It's not luck. It's realizing that you want something different. You say it with that motivation or that why. That's really important, too. As I was getting older, I'm looking at my grandkids going, I don't want to not be able to keep up with them at all. Like the boy is going to outrun me. That's fine. I couldn't run fast when I was in like military shape. I've never been a sprinter. I'll never be a sprinter, but I want to be able to go where they are, do what they do, play with them. I don't want to be like my grandparents where they literally sat on the porch and did nothing. Right. And so, yeah, being active in your own life. That's awesome. I think kids and grandkids are a great motivator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you advise people on food, though, right? So, like, my oh, statement yeah. That's a slippery slope right here. It's not even my statement. This has been said so many times, but you can't outrun a bad diet. And I think that we, especially people that did work out in their 20s, believe they can because they're like, well, man, you know what I used to do? I used to go to the gym and I used to work out. And then I went out and I pounded beers all night long and I got up. You went to bed at 2.30 and got up at 5.30 and went back to work and did it again. And that was the picture of fitness. Then they don't do shit for 20 years. And, and they think they can go back to that. First of all, you've metabolically compromised your body. But second of all, you're 20, 30 years older now. And you can't get away with the shit that you got away with when you were 22. 
Yeah, you're feeding right. diesel into a gas engine, and you're yeah. like, why doesn't it run the same? Well, I mean, you got to <laughs> clean that out. Yeah. So yeah, this is a this is a slippery slope, and I, and the title of this is uh you know getting over freedom of fatness. And, and man, I will tell all you guys, it starts with your food. Uh, that's you don't have to do anything else. Change the way you eat and go walk, and you're probably going to be doing hell your good stuff for your for your life. So um, my first rule, I set up some boundaries because um, I just couldn't do the the macro counting like what does the food weigh and do all, I just I'm just not into that. So I set up boundaries like. Um, if it has a drive through, I don't eat there. And um, I, while I'm not against alcohol, I just say I don't drink alcohol. Now, I, I, I will one day, but right now I'm off of it, right? Um, I don't eat sugar. So these things that you could do is get involved with your food. You've said this for years. Mm-hmm. Do something for freedom, but also you don't know what they're putting in your food. So just do a small thing. Do do. Um, we, we have a, a March 1st, so that's in two days. Um, we've got a, a challenge at the gym, grow something. And I told people, you can go get a mint plant from Home Depot and put it in your tea. Then you grew something. You did something. Now, if you want to go down the rabbit hole that, um, I went down, thanks to you. Um, I had ducks. No, thank you. Now I've got chickens. <laughs> and I mean, I, I eat three eggs a day every morning, like Gaston, right? I just put them in yeah. my smoothie raw and I eat those things and, my wife said, hey, you probably shouldn't eat eggs that much raw that you have no idea where they came from. I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to start raising chickens. And so I'm not saying do that. Yeah. But what I am saying is start with your food, like an easy one. I don't know if it's easy. A, a simple logic thing you can do is eat on the edges of the grocery store. So typically that's going to be um, fresh bread, which eh, I don't even know it's bread. I don't like bread. I mean, I do like bread, but not like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Your, your meats, your, your fishes and vegetables and fruits. It's going to be that stuff. But basically, if you unwrapped it, something else is going to come eat it. Yeah. Or it doesn't have a wrapper at all. The wrapper was a living being, right? So yeah. I know you harp on this. And I, guys, listen, it's true. Um, not for everybody. I, I, there are different blood types. There are different workout types. But meat, fat, Fat doesn't make you fat. I should put my my fitness diary, like what I eat on there. I yeah. eat so much fat. If fat made you fat, I would be Fat Albert. I don't know if that's even around anymore. You guys probably don't know who that is. But um, Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. The African Gen Xer, we know who the hell Fat Albert was. Yeah. So um, fat – now, I will say this. If you mix carbs and sugars with fats, yeah, you're going to get fat. You're going to – I think um, – I. I I'm with you. Stop eating sugar if you can. Stop eating sweetener. You'll change your tongue. You'll do all that. But um, really, log your food for two weeks. Use something like MyFitnessPal or MyNetDiary. I think MyNetDiary is free. MyFitnessPal maybe have like a $5 uh, pay. And then there's a paywall you can get behind to give you more nutritional data. It doesn't need to be that fantastic. You just need something to see what you ate. And then, man, this is the hard part. Give it to somebody else to review. I, I know you, you, this is probably not great, but I'm going to tell you, if you send it to me, I will look at it with you. If there's 300,000 people downloading your podcast, I can't do that, but I'll look at a few. Um, it, 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 usually you just, hey, spouse, look at this. And they're like, wow, you get a whole bag of Doritos every day. That's probably not good, right? <laughs> Some of it is super simple, but yeah. I think that's where it starts is getting an understanding of what you're doing. But maybe even beyond that is is having a really good why, like for your grandson, to care to change. Like when you pulled that picture up last time of you from uh, getting out of your car, I forgot yeah. it was an article picture. I'm yeah. like, dude, 
That's pretty yeah. big. I was I was headed for a heart attack in my forties. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it, it really is the case. I do want to hit somebody's question. Sure. Here, yeah, yeah. Your show. Even though we're not at the end, because it, it it fits so well as we're talking about Jamie, and she said this right at the beginning before we even really started. I tried low carb and felt absolutely terrible. Do I really have to give up everything I love? I'm going to hit on that. Uh, to eat, to be healthy, I don't think it's worth living without cookies. Okay, this is going to be one of those things you're going to think I'm being a dick in the beginning. I'm not. Uh, I got this from Ken Berry. You, if you are making that statement, you have made food one of the pleasure nexuses in your life. And usually when people do that, they don't have enough other ways that they derive pleasure in their life. And I actually found this. Not from what I gave up, but from what I bought that I was able to eat and then realizing I wasn't even eating it because my appetite went down so much and I was regimenting what I was, how much I was letting myself have every day. When I went full on keto, I went out and bought all kinds of really high quality secured meats and cheeses and stuff. And my thought was this way, if I'm going to eat something, something that I can eat is here. And if I don't want to eat that right now, I'm not actually hungry. I'm craving my drug, which is a carbohydrate. And it was probably about three months into it. I had lost over 50 pounds and I looked at my refrigerator and I had all this food sitting there. And somebody asked a question to Ken on the show on the expert council that was very close to this question. It wasn't the same, but it was very close. And that's when he came back. You have made food where you derive your pleasure. If you think your life is not living without worth living without cookies, and if you really mean that, if that's not just an, like uh, uh, something you're saying to say it, then you have to go in and you have to evaluate how you're deriving pleasure in your life. And whether that's physical activity, taking a walk, gardening, getting involved with kids, whatever it is, you need some other place. And don't worry, I'm going to give a nutritional answer to this in a second, but that's the first mental place. The other side of this is you don't have to be an Andy McCann or a Jack Spearco. You don't have to be a complete full-on carnivore. Start this way. Cut your carbs total, not net, total, to under 100 a day, right? Just under 100 a day. Get rid of, if you're going to eat a cookie, make a damn cookie, right? Make it out of flour and sugar and eggs and butter. Do not buy cookies in a box that have 47 other ingredients you cannot pronounce and keep your your carbs under 100. No seed oils. We, I think we've beaten that up enough that anybody's a regular listener should know what that means. No seed oils, no multisyllabic things, and cook your food from scratch. If you'll start there, or if you're buying, then buy high quality. Like when you read the ingredients, flour, sugar, right? Like those things. And then again, look at the carbs. Keep your carbs under 100 a day. Do you know what the average American's carb, carb consumption is right now, Andy? Nope. 320. Dang. I think yeah. I would be on the floor drooling if I did that today. I probably did in the past. That picture you're talking about. But right now, if I ate that much sugar in a day, I think I would just like look like I was on 47 cups of coffee or something. Well, you, you hit it right on. The, so it doesn't have to be that you give those things up. And now there is an issue of, hey, do you derive pleasure from those sort of things? For sure. Yeah. I would say exactly what you put in there, which is like, hey, Andy, I really love Chick-fil-A's chicken, egg and cheese biscuit. I'm like, great. Make it yourself. So if you want a cookie, 
make it yourself, right? We have this great store up the street from us called the Breadbeckers, and some uh, a family just decided to start buying grain and then sell mills, and you can mill your own stuff. And yeah. the cookies we would make from that are fantastic. And there's like three ingredients, flour, butter, chocolate chip cookies, and sugar. Well, there's yeah. probably like, like uh, um, baking soda or whatever, but there's yeah. like five things, and people yeah. love them. Yep, yep. So you have to ask yourself, folks, if you can make bread with three ingredients is what it takes, or if you can make cookies with four to five ingredients was what it takes. And when you pick up that box or bag in the store and you look at it and there's 87 ingredients, why? And, and I, I'm sure you've heard me say this, but if you go buy a bag of Doritos, which is about like, if you really want to destroy your, your metabolic system, live on Doritos and Fritos and shit. <laughs> but if you go buy that bag of Doritos in the United States, and you go to Europe, you bag buy the same bag. It looks the same on the front, and you turn it over. About you know about sixty percent to seventy percent of the ingredients that are in the American package are not in the European package. And when you eat it, you're like, oh, that's a Dorito. They're killing you. Stop yeah, helping them kill you, please. If you want, like to, that, you uh... think Andy and I are full of crap, and you want to eat a carb based diet, great. Trust broccoli. Trust real potatoes that came out of the ground. Do not trust a Pringles. Right? What the hell is a Pringle? It's not a potato chip, right? There was old, you know who Larry the Cable guy is? Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, when he had a bit back about Pringles, he said they come in a tube because as soon as you eat them, you got to poop. You know, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it, there's some truth in that. What, yeah. Like, if you can't pronounce a thing, don't eat it. If you don't know what a thing is, don't. If I walked up to you and handed you just like a lump of something and said, "Eat it," and especially if I said, "Like, go ahead, eat it," right? You'd be like, "I don't think so. What is it?" Oh, don't worry about it. Just eat it. Or if I told you what it was, you're like, "I don't know what that is," but go ahead, Andy. What's just, the same thing if you came up with some brown water that was yeah. sweet and you said, "Drink this brown water that's sweet," I would be like, "No, thank you." But yeah. Coca-Cola has made millions. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it, you know that's a perfect example of was it healthy to drink Coca Cola in 1925? Did no. it have cocaine in it still back then? Uh, that was like 1800s. I think by okay. the 20s we had gotten rid of <laughs> a different Coca-Cola. type of Coca Cola, <laughs> right? But let's go back. Let's say to, was it healthier to drink Coca Cola in 1965 before the Ocean Spray fructose revolution? It wasn't healthy, but it was a hell of a lot less bad. Yes. And you know what else you didn't get in 65? A 49,000 ounce jumbo bucket, right? And then we had to resize cup holders so you can put your bucket, right? Like, we, like, haven't we actually gotten to idiocracy where the guy's sitting there with like the bucket of Verando and a straw taking a crap and watching TV in the middle of his living room? You broke my house, man. Like, this is what we've done to ourselves. And we're just saying, maybe rein that back in. Like, because. I'm a, I'm a complete believer in low carb. I'm a complete believer in carnivore if you want to go that far. I'm a total believer in getting the majority of your fat, not food volume. Like I eat more lean than fat by volume, but more fat by calorie than lean. But I will admit, my family lived on freaking cheese and bread and potatoes. We were Ukrainian. We made pierogies for God's sakes, but they were homemade in the kitchen Right, they weren't Mrs. T's out of a box, and even 1980s Mrs. T's pierogies were better than what they are today. Right, 
And nobody was really fat. I think there was people that had carried more weight than they should have. But not 2020 numbers as far as body fat, obesity, all the pro- chronic problems, type right. 2 diabetes. All of this is a modern last 30 years, really, that you've seen it explode in America and around the world. Yeah, I, I'm 100% in on that. And it's not massive change. It's small changes over time. So, hey, if you like that cookie – Bake a cookie and, and you can freeze your cookies and then take them back out and they're going to be fine. Just, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, um, it, it's, it is not complicated. Many of these solutions, it's just that they're not that easy, right? Go out and walk. It's not complicated, but I mean, now I got to go walk. It's not complicated. Make your own chicken, egg and cheese biscuit. It's not complicated. It's just not easy. Yeah. Which means you'll do it less. Right. Well, that's, that's the big thing. You, I said you can eat all the bread you want if you'll do it this way. Yeah. You have to grow your wheat, grind your wheat, and make your bread. <laughs> yeah, then no one's going to be no one gonna eating bread. Maybe a loaf of bread a month. That's what's yeah, going to happen. And you know what? You'll probably be okay. Eat a steak before every meal. You're going to eat a lot less other crazy stuff. But, but Eat a steak and wait. Yeah. That yeah. was the thing I had to learn. Like, eat your portion of meat and give it 10 minutes because – I just I talked about this so much, but I feel like people don't hear it. Fat and protein together occur in nature. High carbohydrate content occurs in nature. The two occurring together are very, very rare. It might be during a salmon spawn while the berries are ripe on the side of a river. That might be one example of that actually like a, a native, you know, wandering band of people finding sugar and protein and fat in one place together. And because of that, we have been conditioned to gorge when we find it's, it's like finding a diamond that's pre-cut and it's 10 carats, right? Like you just don't find it. So when we do find it, we gorge because we didn't always have a Piggly Wiggly or an Albertsons market, right? So we had to gain fat when we could and then burn it and use it as a reserve for vitamin D and other things. And now we don't need to do that, but we we will never, in my opinion, we will never evolve past the genetic predisposition that if I give you high fat and high sugar together, that you can eat more calories than you could have either of them by themselves. That's right. So two things, one funny and one that's going to be true. Uh, if you found a salmon run with berries, you're going to have to fight the bear. So yeah. it's yeah. going to, I mean, is it worth it? You're probably going to run away. But so just funny. On the serious side, though, you're and it's gonna be it's gonna vary, but your stomach and your brain are disconnected by about ten minutes. So a hack for not overeating at lunch with your friends when you go out: keep a handful of almonds, and then before you guys go, well, I guess nobody goes to work anymore. If back in the yeah. back in the good old day when we used to go to the office, yeah, before you go, eat a handful of, of almonds. And then by the time you get to wherever you're going, it'll be in 10 minutes and your brain's going to be thinking, oh, well, I'm not really that. Right. So when you I'm eat your protein, yeah, yeah, give it some time to settle in, especially that fat. It's going to satiate you. It's just it takes a little bit of time. And, and I've also said, like, the things that you can eat, eat those. And when you're like, I'm done. But then somebody's like, you want a piece of cheesecake? Mm-hmm. And you're immediately like, oh, yeah, I could eat that. Well, <laughs> OK, before you eat the cheesecake, go back and eat some more, uh, you know, prime rib. Well, I don't right. really want that. Then you're not actually hungry. Right. You're then just, you're not actually hungry. That genetic thing is kicking in that we were just discussing. 
So that's a so I am bored. I need entertainment, right? Yep. I'm trying to come up with something else. So I went to the pantry. So um, I, the way so I, I got off sugar twice. The first time didn't really work. The second time it's, it's been it's still going. And the way I did that was any time I wanted that sweet thing, I punched it in the face with an olive, a pickle, something totally different. Ah. So you have to come up with these things like, hey, I just opened what the refrigerator. Do something else. Do some push-ups. Are you bored? Are you yeah. entertained? You know, are you not entertained? You need to like, yeah, yeah. Why are you doing what you're doing? I like the pickle thing because one of the things that I make a lot of every year, I grow those mouse melons, the little, they look like little tiny watermelons or actually a cucumber. And I, I don't grow enough of them to actually personally pickle them. I just save pickle juice and I throw them in a pickle jar. And like, that's one of the things that I would like when I am munchy, like I'll just grab like three of those and eat them. And there's like no calories. There's like two calories, you know, and yeah. there's no carbs. Like, even if there were, if it was all carbs, it doesn't matter. There's two calories. Your body can't, I can't breathe for three seconds with that. So it doesn't right. count. But it, and, and, and Ken Berry says, take a good high mineral salt like Redmond and eat a pinch of salt. Yeah. And, and all of these things do kind of detract and then go do something. Go write a poem. Go take a walk. Take the dog for a walk. Work with the dog on his discipline. Teach the kids something. You know, fight with your child over looking at a computer all day long or, a, I guess, tablet all day long, right? Like something proactive. Go do something. Like put a business plan together. Give yourself something to do. Entertain yourself. Because we do – we have gotten so spoiled as a species that people who are poor eat for sport. Right. Right. Obesity and poverty never went together until the past 50 years. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I, I mean, so you're talking about these habits. Look at if you have kids, look at your kids. If there's a moment downtime, what are they doing? Screens up and they're scrolling through something. You're like, can't you just sit there? No, we're Maybe dealing with it right now. What's that? We're dealing with that right now with our grandkids. Yeah. And yep. so. I'm not saying that you should – well, actually, I am saying you should teach them to sit still for a while. But it's the same thing in us. So yeah. it took me a long time. So, I'm I, again, I told you I'm 50. My kids uh, – I heard somewhere that the chores you give your kids and their zip code is indicative of their future success. So I said, oh, yeah, we're going to do lots of chores. We got yeah. property. We're going to mow it and all that. Yeah. One of my kids took the yellow fuel can and tried to pour it into the lawnmower. And I'm like freaking out. And he's like, Dad, what? I'm like, yellow is diesel. And he's like, how would I know that? This is the thing, guys. You need to teach them and yourself these things. They may not know it. You have to teach them, hey, um, Timmy, put, put the phone down and just look at me. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Count to 10. What did you feel like? Well, I feel like I needed to pick up that phone and check my, my messages. Yeah. Why? When you go to the refrigerator, why did you go there? Well, it's 930. Every 930 on Thursday with must-see TV, I'm going to grab a bowl of ice cream. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I don't know if anybody watches TV like that anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No. We, you don't know unless devices, you know. Devices, we have a new policy. Like one of them is whatever you do during the day at 330, they go away. So I don't even say anything. I just walk out and just take them. I don't say anything. Like I don't like go, hey, it's time to give it to me or whatever. I just like, whoop. <laughs> and then the boy has a phone and a tablet. So it's boop, boop. Right. And then you just go away into grandpa and grandma's room. You're not allowed to go in there. You can't go in there. They're in there. I, 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 I. Okay. So have you found this? I, I, I have a hard time going against this one. So I will do that with my kids. They're older now, so I don't do it really yeah. anymore. But I would take their stuff. 
And then somebody like Evie, my youngest, would come up with a clever and creative way to get more. Like she would find an old TV, plug it in, reroute it. And I'm like, I I don't know that. I don't know how you did that, but I'm going to pretend I don't see it because that's pretty damn clever. When I see them work a system, I'm impressed. There was a picture and the kid was sitting eating a snack in the kitchen on the floor, like, you know, like kids do laying on his elbows. And his 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 food was in the kitchen, and the tablet where he was watching a, like a show was in the living room. Yeah, there and you go. the person said he's not allowed to have food in the living room or his tablet in the kitchen. He beat the system. I'm going <laughs> to let this go. Right. At least it was one time, right? Yeah, right. Like, one time. Like, yeah. I'm going to make I'm new rules under the old rules. You right. You lose your brain. You'll go far in life. Right, but the dictatorship can come thing. back. But for now, we're gonna let you yeah. go. Give them a problem to solve. Give your mind a problem to solve. Give your tongue a problem to solve. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I love all that stuff. Would you talk a little bit about you haven't really eaten sugar at all for eleven years? What yeah. happens to you when you don't eat sugar for eleven years? Do you die? Uh, can yeah, you, can you poop? I mean, obviously, you don't get enough fiber because you don't eat sugar. So no, that's right. Last time you I checked, it explode from di- uh, constipation or something like. How do you survive 11 years without sugar, Andy? So I think the, the biggest thing that happens is doctors forget you exist. So I turned 50 and had to go in and get the, I'm 50, let's do this thing. And they're like, yeah. where are your records? I'm like, uh, records what? for what? Yes. They're like the last like 10, 12 years of life. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. They're like, don't you get sick? I'm like, not really. So um, it's it. So the first time I did this, it was uh, just it was a trick. It was a you know a circus act. Let me just see if I can do it. The second time I changed it to instead of I can't eat sugar, it was a mindset. I said I don't eat sugar, and mm-hmm. it took a long time. It wasn't like 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 you said before, all of a sudden overnight, right? It wasn't. It was a year of um, I would eat something and then pick it up and look at the back and go, man, they have sugar. It's less of sugar, or it says high fructose corn syrup way down there, or another word I can't pronounce. Yeah. So I just started trying to eliminate that. The other thing that I found for me was um, you have I had to get rid of every sweetener because even watermelon made me go, oh, there's there's that thing in my brain. I need to go eat more sweet. So for me, I had to give it all up. So I don't I, I do eat fruit, but not usually because it's just too sweet. But um, I so recently I did go get my 50 year old blood work and all that weirdly because I eat a lot of meat and fat, my blood work fasting glucose came back high. And I was like, well, doc, what would you tell me to do? He's like, well, I would lay off the sugar and uh, high refined uh, carbohydrates. I'm like, what if I told you I don't eat sugar or refined carbohydrates at all? He's like, well, you probably eat some. I'm like, man, it's been quite some time. Unless they accidentally sweet, uh, you know, put sweet or unsweet tea, like they mix it up in front of me. I, I usually don't mess up. Yeah. So this is an example of probably going too far, ex- exactly like um, having uh, chickens to give me eggs. Like, where's the yeah. best place to store the egg? In the chicken. And yeah. maybe it's overkill. But I do want people to know that um, you're not going to die if you don't eat sugar. And, yeah. and here's where it came up with. So my dad went through a lot of cancer treatments. And somebody said, hey, did you know that sugar or sorry, cancer eats sugar as fuel? I'm like, yeah, I never heard of that. But he's going through some things. He's okay." Um, And then they said, um, and then if you look at almost any nutrition plan out there, the most common thing they're all going to agree on is stop eating sugar or limit your sugar. So I said, man, 
what would the any idiot in me do? Well, the idiot would be like, let's just follow the one thing they all say. You know, <laughs> it's an ongoing experiment. I, I don't know if I'll stay like this my whole life. My family says you're the most boring food guy in the world. I'm like, well, I, I mean, it's, it works for me. I don't know. Ribeyes, butter, and lobster tails, not very boring, right? I mean, what? like, I, I tell people all the time, you don't have a boring diet. You don't know how to cook. Right. Well, you yeah. Or your tongue is only focused on one thing. It's the 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 thing. I mean, there's one ingredient that looks like cocaine, right? Yeah. And it wants it, and it wants it in here, and you want to have that, right? See, I think one of the best things people can do for themselves when they change their diet to something that's more keto, carnivore, or just paleo, primal, or whatever, is stop immediately seeking replacement therapy. Right. right. The first thing somebody wants to know: How do I make keto bread? Almond, get almond green or whatever. Like, how about you don't do that? How about you don't do? I I tell a lot of people it wouldn't be a terrible thing to go carnivore for thirty days, and then if you want to add things back in, then you know when you add something back in, add a thing, and see how your body responds to it. And then back to that earlier question from that gal who was asking about like giving all the stuff up and all, and she felt terrible. I would say, how long did you feel terrible before you stopped doing it? Because if you were on heroin or cocaine or any drug and you stopped taking it, you will feel bad. Yeah, that's valid. In some drugs, you may actually need to go into inpatient care to not die from withdrawal. Sugar ain't that bad, but it is one of the most addictive substances on the planet. The other side is you, you, when you do this that way anyway, you will have like this real rapid like first week. Somebody, you'll lose somewhere between like four and 10 pounds in a week. It's not all fat. It's a big flush of retained fluids, but it is burning some fat. In that second week, when you lose one or two pounds, you're burning fat. And in that fat, there can be toxins that your body has been storing for 20 years. And now you're flooding because that when you burn that fat, those toxins start getting released. And I don't know about you. I went through hellacious like two weeks of keto flu it started about two and a half weeks into it and it took till the end of that first month to get past it i had pimples that showed up on like the back of my arm that looked like miniature boils i was freezing cold and you would think you'd be hot but no i was freezing cold at times like all of a sudden we started paying less on the electric bill because we were turning the freaking thermostat up in the summer because we were cold and like, and it was not comfortable. I got gout. I was in my forties. I had freaking gout. Like gout was some shit that my grandfather had in his seventies. Like what the hell is gout? And I'm like, it can't be gout. It's not on the bottom. And Ken's like, gout can be anywhere. There's yeah. a joint, right? It was like on the side. And it was like the most painful experience I had. Oh yeah. But when I got through it, then I felt way better. And I, then I realized you always felt like shit. You didn't know you felt like shit because you became comfortable feeling like shit. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, until you work through it, you can't understand how uncomfortable your life is because you've been comfortable and uncovered. And then people say things like, I only lost five pounds. Anybody that says that, go to the store. Don't buy it. Right? Don't buy it. But go to the, the dairy section and look at the non-dairy giant five-pound tub of margarine. Right. Pick it up and look at it. That's what you lost when you lost five pounds. That's five pounds. You lost 10 pounds. You lost two of those. And you might not see it right away because if you spread that five pounds, please don't do this. But if you spread that five pounds 
of solidified rapeseed oil across your body, you wouldn't really notice any being any bigger, but that's what you've lost. Mm-hmm. And that's celebration time, man. Yeah, I'm totally into that. That is great. That's, guys, also, it comes off the way it went on. So if it went uh, thighs, yeah. butt, stomach, it's going to come off stomach, butt, thighs, usually. So you can't spot burn. That was what our moms did in the 70s. With, oh, yeah. You know, leg bends and sit-ups, you, you can't spot burn. You just uh, need to do I, I have fat here, so I'm going to just work my triceps forever. Great. You have a great big tricep with a big fat cap on it. That's it. It's just going to push the fat out more. Like That's exactly what you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed like it does start – you start to burn fat you didn't even realize you had. I remember one night we were sitting at, on the couch talking, and I'm, I'm just rubbing my leg. And all of a sudden, I'm like, my legs are smaller. <laughs> like, And I'm like, that was, and I never thought I had was carrying much fat in my legs because my legs have always been really muscular, really toned. Like, I can squat like crazy. I can leg press like crazy. Um, and even when I was fat, I couldn't. I didn't realize how much fat I was actually carrying in my legs until it left. Yeah. And then you realize, like, there's all fat you don't see, like, clogging your fucking arteries and shit and inner inner stomach fat, like the stuff that's actually in between your organs, right. you're going to burn that last. And that's like the most critical shit you need to burn. Yeah. Well, and that's the, the, the tough part about a scale is it's just measuring your mass on gravity. I mean, if you want to yeah. be lighter, go to the moon. It's really you want to do something like a BMI, a uh, body mass index scale that, that measures a little bit more so you can understand what your body's doing. Or the easier one is – did, do your pants fit different, right? Mm-hmm. That's your body changing. That's th- that's what we get a lot of out of what we do. It's like, wow. stuff. I remember one of the most emotional moments in my life during this process was I, I got up, put my jeans on. I went to put my belt on, and I'm like, what the fuck's the hole? <laughs> and Pull I looked down. I was past the last hole. Nice. There was no place for the – you know, thing to go and yeah. you look at the belt and you can tell when you wore the belt a long time, the hole you always use and the hole I always use was four holes away from the one oh, that wow. didn't work anymore. And you're like, wow, holy shit. That and the other thing that did it, I don't know if you ever watched the series I did when I was going through this. So I believe accountability. I think that's part of why gyms help, like having anybody you're accountable to. Right. And I think I got to a point where I was 35 pounds down. Wow. And I picked up a 35 pound Olympic plate and I dropped it and I said this is what 35 pounds is and I did it for the audience but when I let go of it it was like oh wow like and I think that's like one of the things you can really do to get motivated is you start losing weight and you go from the beginning you've lost 20 pounds pick up a 20 pound dumbbell yeah and not to work out just in your mind think I've lost 20 pounds pick that dumbbell up and put it back down 30 pounds 40 pounds and when you get to where you're like I can barely I'm going to tell you, you know, that dumbbell is like 35 pounds of muscle, 35 pounds of fat. Yeah. I don't even know if you you would have a bag big enough to hold on. You couldn't do it. It would be blubber. Here's the other thing that I think people miss. It is possible to be overweight and moving towards health. So you don't have to be like, Oh, well I'm, the, the ideal body weight for my temperature, me, my person, and yeah. I can run a 5K at this time and lift. Yeah. You're aiming on a trajectory, and I have seen people in our own gym that are either too skinny and not healthy or skinny and healthy, right? Or yeah. I'm overweight, but I'm moving towards it, and you watch them. I've got new guys that will come into the gym and say, wow, that girl just beat me in that workout. I didn't think that would happen. I'm like, that's because it's two years, and she's on a journey. 
Yeah. You can have this. So I guess I want to give people hope. Yeah. It's not complicated. Show up every day. But it's not easy. You have to show up every day. What do you think to protein requirements? Like how much protein should an average person be consuming a day? So the average person doesn't need to do nearly as much as what people who are like working out may be doing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to say something like 0.7 grams of protein for every pound you want to be. So um, for an older guy like me, and I do want to kind of add some muscle, I'm going to say it's one gram to one pound. So it would yeah. be um, I'm 160 pounds at the moment. I'd like to get back to 165. So I'm going to eat 165 grams of protein. And if you don't start with breakfast, you're never going to make that. So that's why I went from one egg to two eggs to three eggs. I'm like, whatever. I can't tell. It's in the smoothie. Yeah. It's blended. But um, protein, just from the things that you have already talked about, is awesome. But your body needs it. You, Everything will have – not everything. Most things, plants, whatever, are going to have a certain amount of protein. But we're not a ruminant. We're not a horse. We can't derive – I mean, you'll get a horse's muscles. You are never going to have that. They have more stomachs than you. You can't eat grass and expect that result. Yeah. So you need to have that. If it, uh, and protein wise, look, any protein is better than no protein. Some protein is just entertainment. Like, I don't know, at McDonald's, that thing that's inside the bun, this, I don't know if that's actually meat, but it's better than nothing. And I would step it up and say, again, go to the outside of the store. If yeah. it has a drive through don't eat it. But if you could cook it, and, and, and simple hacks are like you brown a bunch of ground beef ahead of time, let it cool down, get fat off if you want, or keep it, put it in a Ziploc bag, put it in your freezer. Then you've got protein ready to go, and you can throw protein in everything. So my kids tell me, Dad, you don't cook. You just throw things together. And my, my recipes are Crock-Pot or, or Instapot, a pound of ground beef or two pounds of ground beef, a yeah. bag of Brussels sprouts, a bag of carrots, a bag of cabbage, and I just pour it in. They're like, Dad, you didn't even use sauce. I'm like, you can so- season it to your heart's desire. But it's 80-20 meat. The fat is the sauce, baby. Let's go. So- salt and fat. That's sauce. Yeah. So I have found that when I get tired of that sort of stuff, a little bit of a, um, a, a Pete's hot sauce, you just pour some yeah. hot sauce on something, you're like, oh, it changes it completely. <laughs> I've got some hacks we found. Like one is we'll take like – a half of an entire strip loin and we'll season it and we'll sous vide it. Oh yeah. We'll sous vide it. And then when it comes out of the sous vide machine, you don't even open the bag, you throw it in the refrigerator overnight. Then the next day you start using it for the week. You want a steak? You've sous vide it to 135 degrees for me. Anyway, you decide how thick you want your steak. You bust the piece off, you throw it in the pan with butter. And in five minutes, you're eating a nice, warmed, perfectly cooked steak. And if I'm making it for my wife and she wants a like if she wants an inch of steak, I cut her two half inch pieces instead of one one inch like I do for myself because I want to heat it through. But I also want hers well done. And I want to sit down and eat together. So I'll cook hers and mine the same amount of time on the flat top or on the on the stove top or whatever. And she's got a well done. I've got a I've got a rare. We're both happy. Our steak. And, and then I can make steak four or five times that week. And I don't have to do any real work. Yeah. Well, and so you're prepping. Yeah, it's prepping. That so that is the next level. Log it first and just make some habit changes. But damn, how the when you meal prep and you have good um, 
I don't think they call it Tupperware anymore. That's what yeah. our parents use Tupperware, but it's like the better stuff, plexiglass, whatever. You can just microwave yeah. it or sous vide or whatever. Yeah. Do that. Build up your menus, right? Or have yeah. those ingredients on hand that you can slap together, like you said. And yeah. that creates – it slows you down. I'm hungry right now. Okay, let me go make something. It's going to slow me down. And – you're eating stuff that you've predetermined, hey, this is going to be good for me, rather than opening yep. up the ho-ho or ding-dong. I don't know if they have those anymore, but you know what I mean. Yep. Now, on the protein side, though, if you're older, you probably, you're not going to process protein the same way, so eat some more. And I mean, so far, it's never been bad to eat more protein. If you're female, you're going to you're gonna uh, metabolize differently. So you, again, maybe that one gram to one pound. Um, but but they're, well, actually, a new study just came out. They did, um, typically, they're saying you should do 20 grams of protein at every setting, and they just did a new study, but the sample size was 36 guys, yeah. and it was like them doing like, like they did, the study could have been better. You read any study, you're like, mm, that doesn't sound very scientific. So this, the sample size was 36 dudes doing full body workouts. What does that mean? They didn't even track it. They're like, I don't know, full body. Yeah. And they gave them um, 100 grams of protein after working out and then traced it and saw that the protein actually did influence into their muscles. So maybe – I don't know. Maybe the dosing doesn't really matter. Just get as much as you possibly can. Of course, not the sugar, and you'll be all right. And as far as your fat requirement, if you're get, if you're not eating like intentionally super lean protein, you're gonna get fat. Yeah, you're gonna get all. You know, you know, if you if you want the perfect, fat. you're gonna get the good fat. Not I am yeah. fat fat. You're gonna get yeah. PHAT, pretty hot and tempting fat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like. What I'm saying is if you eat a really good marbled ribeye, you're kind of there and you're going to get more calories out of that cut than you are in fat than you are from protein. But you're going to eat more protein by volume. I think this is something people really have a hard time understanding when you say a fat, a good, high quality fat based diet. They think I'm going to sit down and my plate is going to be like a giant lug of fat and then a little strip of lean. Fat has, I think it's nine calories to the gram and proteins like seven or something like that. Fat is significantly more uh, calorically dense. And then the other thing is there are essential fats, meaning you have to consume them. Your body cannot make them. There are essential proteins. There are exactly zero essential carbohydrates for human beings. Yeah. If I take away all protein from a human being, put them in a lab and feed them fat and, um, and, and carbohydrates, they will eventually die. Yeah. I don't mean get sick. I mean, they will keel over and die. That's if right. I do the same thing and I give them protein and carbohydrate and zero fat, they will eventually keel over and die. I can take a person, put them in a laboratory, feed them nothing but fat and protein for their entire life, and they will never die. Well, they'll die. You know, they'll die. Of, you know, they're not going to die from that treatment. Something else. Yeah. And, and so like old age or being shot in the head with a lead pill. Right. Like that's what will kill you <laughs> if you're living that way. So you have to know, by the way, that's who it was. Should we base our diet on the one macronutrient that our body has no physiological need of? Right. Zero. Because if people say, well, you need a certain amount of carbohydrate for your brain or whatever, your body, if you're eating sufficient protein, will on demand use gluconeogenesis to make you all the sugar that your body actually needs as it needs it. And you'll be fine. And we have how many people that can prove that today? Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. We don't need studies. Um, yeah. How You're long right. do you think people should work out? Let's kind of combine these. Really sure. long. Uh, how long? How often should people be doing some sort of physical workout? 
And do, if they're working out and they want to get involved with CrossFit, do they have to do what you know, people consider the, all the crazy things and all the crazy movements? Yeah, no. So m- my first tip is if you're doing nothing, then do something. Something's okay. better than nothing. Um, N equals one. Just do something, right? If you So what we track at our gym is, hey, are you coming three times a week? I know what they're doing. So I can see and, and, and we slot the workouts correctly. So it's a well-designed program. So it's, it's constantly varied, not random. It's just it's it's well thought out. So we know what they're doing. I would say three times a week is probably going to move the needle. Four is better. Five is better. And then you get to a place where like, hey, at 50, if I'm working out seven days a week, something's going to probably not go well. The more you up the amount you work out, the more you have to be um, uh, intentional about your recovery or your whatever you're doing. Like, for example, today at the gym, at our gym, um, we were doing clean and jerks. It's a crazy movement. Do you have to do that? No, by all means, you don't have to. Right. I had a hoodie on and sweatpants and it's now in Georgia. For whatever reason, it's decided to be like 120 degrees. It's crazy hot. I stayed in that for the sole purpose of, yeah, I would do less in the lifting and the workout. I'm okay with that. I wanted to be super warm and intentional on the, I'm done. I want to roll out and I want to uh, have flexibility. I want to, you know, get mobile. So if you're going to do more, you just need to be smart about what you're doing. It can't be, well, I mean, it could, but something's going to happen. I jog 10 miles a day every day for the last seven years. And you're like, okay, something's probably going to happen to you. It's too repetitive. It's too much, right? Now, on the other side of that, do I have to do in CrossFit all the extra? No. So there are two avenues in CrossFit. One is CrossFit games, which they come up with weird stuff for people to do. Like they would do handstand push-ups, and then somebody said, dude, you know what would be cool? If they did ring handstand push-ups. You're like, what fool would do that? You're just asking to break your neck. So yeah. the answer is no. We do not at our gym, and most gyms nowadays, CrossFit gyms, they do not aim towards the games. I, I know guys that went to the games, and I send people to their gyms when they're like, I'm going to make it to the games. I'm like, first, you need to be able to beat me, the 50-year-old guy. Yeah. If you can't beat me, you're not going anywhere, but that's okay. You don't have to. Then on the other side of it is the methodology. Constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity sometimes. And the reason I say that sometimes is you can't send it every day. That's just asking for trouble. So um, like today, we did clean and jerk. There's a new guy in the gym, Tyler. He said, hey, my wrist sort of feels a little bit funny. And so the coach said, hey, is it on the jerk side of it? Or is it, on, sorry, clean and jerk is get the bar from the four of your shoulders. That's the clean. Yep. And the jerk is shoulders to overhead. Okay. Yep. Two different movements. She said, is it on the clean or is it on the jerk? And he says, it's actually on the jerk. She's like, how about we just keep the weight lighter and we keep working on loosening your wrist. And he's like, sounds great. So he just did the clean side of it. Totally fine. Now on the flip side, I've got this girl, Jennifer in the gym. She is, I love having her in the gym. She's just the, the, I haven't done much and I'm building coordination. I'm on this journey. So on Thursday, it was, um, handstand pushups. I don't do those. She's like, I don't really want to do this. I mean, great. Said, what's the problem? She's like, I don't like going upside down. I asked her, is it something you would like to do? She's like, I do, but I'm a little bit nervous. So I said, look, in the workout, just do kickups. Are you okay with that? She's like, yeah. In the workout, she went upside down and held it for 15 seconds. And she's looking over at me trying to get my attention. I'm like, I see you. That is awesome, right? So this girl who couldn't do, or I mean, she obviously could do. She just had to get there. But she created this opportunity for herself to do something she hasn't done since she was a schoolgirl, right? And then the next day, I love this. She's like, we were practicing handstand walks. Which nobody really wants to – I mean, some people want to do that. Most people just went upside down, whatever. We scale it and modify yeah. it. She's like, I want to try that. I'm like, heck, yeah, you do. Heck, yeah, you do. So it's 
keeping your mind active and learning new stuff. Do you have to do it? Hell no. You're the master of your own body. Say, nope, I'm not into that. That's, today was a one rep max. You know what Andy did not do? One rep max. I did like two or three sets at a time or reps at a time. Yeah. And the coach is going to walk you through that. Now, not every gym is the same. I guess if you're out there and you're looking for a gym, just let me know and I'll help you find it. I mean, I kind of need to know where you're at without being creepy. Don't give me your address, but I can try to help you. You can kind of tell from the website what they're going to do. And again, not every gym says they're CrossFit, but they can still do CrossFit. It's just functional movements executed at high intensity sometimes. Yeah. So the answer is yes, don't do it. Now, on the other side, I can't squat. Should I never squat again? No, man, that's like important. You want to be able to. So in an old folks home, to help them get off the toilet, they lifted the toilet because they can't squat. Well, that's dumb. How about we just like have old folks actually know how to squat? Like, can we get their muscle back? I mean, that just sounds stupid. Like, I'm going to enable you with um, cigarettes and alcohol because that's enabling you. Like, if you can't get off the toilet, let's teach you to get off the toilet. Yeah, they did a trial one time, and, and this was like an old folks assisted living. Like, this is not your, um, you know, like an apartment complex that caters to seniors. This is like, these are people that really need help. Yeah. And they did dumbbell lifting with these people. The heaviest dumbbell used in the entire thing was nine pounds. Oh, yeah. Most of them were four to six pound dumbbells. Their improvement exceeded any other form of uh, therapy, drugs or otherwise that they had tried just by doing some level of physical load bearing. And it wasn't just more mobility and happier. It was things like reduced amounts of broken bones. When you're if you strong, can make it to 76, yeah. the next problem is I tripped and fell, and yeah. now I need a new hip, and now I'm on my way down, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and that, those are devastating injuries that a person might live a lot longer, but they never really recover from those types no. of injuries. If people are all worried about osteoporosis, especially females, and you should be, but you can right. drink all the milk you fucking want, and you're not going to – like building muscle and doing load-bearing exercise. And, and to this question, you know, part of me would say, well, how, how, how often should you work out? What do you call a workout? If you call a workout high intensity training three days a week is probably pretty good. If you call a workout walking two miles, well, you might need to work out every day. Yeah, that, those true. are two different levels of strain on the body. And you probably can walk two miles every day for the rest of your life until you can't and nothing bad will come of it. If you are lifting to muscle failure every day of your life, especially the same muscle groups, you're going to do damage. And, and <laughs> If you think of like, if I said, give me a healthy, physically fit demographic, 20 to 30 something serving in the United States Army would probably be at the top of the list. Well, go look at what percentage of people in the military for 10 years, or especially Army and Marine Corps, have to have rotator cuff surgery. Right. And compare it to the average person and then say, well, does that mean you're healthy because you had rotator cuff surgery? Well, why is it? It's the ridiculous, repetitive motion of push-ups. Yeah, because you can work out anywhere doing pushups. Right. So the army loves that. So pushups, 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 pushups. And, but you know, people think that you're doing them every day when you're permanent duty, like school is different. You get out of school, you're in your permanent duty three days a week, three days a week. And these guys are tearing and it'll be always be their dominant shoulder, dude. Yeah. It will always would like you, you see the guy after he's off convalescence and he's in a sling. You're like, you're right-handed. How do you know? Because you had your right, sur- right arm surgery. You're left-handed. How do you know? Because you had left arm surgery. Because that's the one they're going to favor that's right. when they begin to struggle. So I hate excessive repetitive motion exercise. You know, like, And it doesn't have to be physically 
challenging to be damaging. Carpal tunnel almost never comes from people that are doing heavy intensity work with their hands. It's it's computers, and I'll it's tell you the place, right. It, and, and I'll tell you a place that is huge with it. That unless you're in the space, you don't know telecom, which is splicers, cable splicers. Oh yeah, it's very fine, repetitive, every day, over and over work. People that are constantly doing punch down work on telecom blocks and stuff. They all end up by the time they're 40 years old having uh, carpal tunnel surgery. And so repetitive motion is good, but excessive repetitive motion, bad. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think um, that's a good good delineator there is what are you doing? And it goes back to what you said earlier is if it's not uh, tearing down somewhat, like if I went for a two-mile walk every single day, there's a diminishing return. It's not really doing much for you. You need to either go a little bit faster or a little bit further, right? You need to like – your body needs to be challenged, just not like crazy-ass challenged, right? It's that bell-shaped curve somewhere in the middle of that, right? Do Do stuff and push yourself a bit. Um, we talked quite a bit about sleep, food, and exercise. Most people that are unhealthy have problems in all three of those spaces. They eat shitty food. They don't sleep. Even if they think they sleep well, they don't. If they get a Fitbit or something, they'll find out that they think they slept eight hours and are sleeping like four in actual <laughs> sleep. Uh, right. And then, you know, they don't exercise. They don't get enough movement. So since most people have that trifecta, kind of what is there a priority to it? Yeah, so that, that's a good one. And um, it, it's a, sometimes they're linked together, or at least sleep is linked to everything else. But if you don't sleep, you will die. But we have found people that have lived in McDonald's for quite a long time, right? And we found people who sloth their whole life and live for a long time. So reality of all this is you need to have a, a recovery system or sleep in this case. Um, and that really should be number one. But possibly your sleep is messed up because it's, it's you know, go through the normal things. It's not dark. There's not brown noise. Um, you weren't actually tired. You drank something, caffeine right beforehand, or you worked out right beforehand, right? So sometimes your habits mess up your sleep. But, man, yeah, I, at, at 50, um, I'm the first one to bed in my house. I get eight hours of sleep. <laughs> I don't tuck anybody in anymore because that is already gone. <laughs> and... Um, I feel way better for it. It's the most I've ever slept in my life. There is a time in your life where you could probably get away with um, like four hours of sleep, six hours of sleep. That's going to end for 10 years, right? I mean, you know, yeah. Right. So then I would say that next after that is uh, I would, I would fix food. I I would understand what you do and make some habits around that and and up the quality of what you're eating. Um, And if you can, in some small way, and Jack has been telling you guys this for years, get involved with what you eat, like grow a tomato plant, do something just to understand this is how it, where it comes from. And that tomato, I mean, it, hopefully it, you didn't spray it with anything, but you know, that's the way to go. And then the last is going to be actually move and the movement can be anything. Again, do something, start by walking, then maybe jogging, then, you know, get some dumbbells. You talked about it with your son or your grandson. Dumbbells are a great work. You don't really need much at my house. I've got an entire uh, garage full of half broken ish stuff from the gym. Mm -hmm. When I work out at home, which isn't usual because I just don't like to do it. I just use a 25, uh, uh, two 25 pound dumbbells. That's it. And I do stuff with that. It doesn't have to be sexy or fancy. You're moving. The, The problem is, I think we can't see the forest because of the trees. It's us. And I don't understand how to fix that. Like my shoulder hurts. I can't do anything or ask somebody that's not you and say, Hey, what movements could you do? 
let's talk about it, right? This is where the idea of having a coach or somebody like that, just someone who cares because you're paying them, that's always a good reason yeah. to care. They want you to succeed. They want you to hit your goals. So yeah, talk to them. But I would go um, look at your sleep first, fix what you're eating, and then start moving. I'd actually change that. I would say food first. And I think if you fix your food, you will sleep. Oh, and okay. If you, and if you exercise, you will sleep. If you can't sleep, Work out at, at 8.30 and then take a shower before bed. You will go to sleep. Yeah. You know? I I and that's correct. So sometimes sleep is dependent on these other things. Yeah. As well as there's five pillars of the self and fitness. We didn't really get into that. But one of them okay. is the social aspect. Yeah. If you're writing social media, that's going to affect your sleep too, right? So, yeah, sleep is impacted by all of it. So, yeah, you need to take care of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was going to say something else and that went away. It's all right. Maybe it'll come back. Um, what about the guys that just – like we had a lot of guys. They just want to be big and muscular. Yeah. They're like, I don't give a shit about being healthy. Like if I'm big and muscular, I'll probably be healthy anyway. Like, And there's guys that – and there's guys that like they do want to be healthy, but they also – like you want to put on five pounds to get back to where you were because you lost some weight during an illness. There's yeah. guys, they want to put on significant mass, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Yeah. No, that's right. You can um, you can be relatively fit with a lot of muscle, not a problem. It's just a different type of fitness. But yeah. I think the thing that's interesting here is muscle will burn. Well, it's going to up your um, metabolism. So yeah. muscle burns while you're sleeping, which is going to be a beautiful thing for everybody. So um, there is some diminishing returns. So if you're like I'm 60, actually let me let me say it totally different. I'm a 70 year old man. I, I'm okay-ish. I want to be bigger. Should I take steroids? I mean, you're 70. There's really not much life. I mean, yeah. if that's really where you want to go with it, sure. I mean, you know, it's like the 80-year-old. Cholesterol is not really your problem. You're yeah. 80. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, if you want to be building those muscles, it's going to be eat a lot of protein, a lot of calories, and use hypertrophy, which is in the 80s. That's what Arnold Schwarzenegger, all those guys did, right? Back, by chest and try, legs. You give yeah. your muscles time to rest. And you just go down that route. Yeah, there's nothing really wrong with that. The thing that I would add in is sometimes do less rate or less weight and more reps. So you can get a little bit of cardio in there. And I, one thing I'll say about this, especially if you leave out something like anabolics and all, there is something to genetics in this. Ah. There was a point in my life that I, I lifted weights five to six days a week. I was training at fairly high weight weights. I could outlift guys that were in the gym with me. They looked more muscular than me, and they always will. They always will. Like there are certain people that you, there are like there are ectomorph, endomorph body types, etc. And one is not going to become the other. I'm short, stocky Ukrainian blood. Like I am built the way that I am built. I'm never going to weigh what you weigh. If I weighed what you weighed, I would probably have cancer. <laughs> that would be about the way that I would I, – I played football in high school. I was 170 pounds. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to be a guy my height, my shoulder width, in my 50s, and weigh 160 pounds. That's, that's, that's not going to be a thing. When I was – when I had uh, my, uh, my master fitness patch I earned in the Army for scoring 290 or higher on the Army physical fitness test, I weighed 183 pounds, and I was 20 years old. Right? I am not going to weigh 160 pounds. And I'm also not going to look like Arnold, no matter what I do. And I think that people need to be okay with that, but not use it as an excuse not to weight train. 
Right. That's not an excuse not to weight train, right? That's just not it. Yeah, and I don't think you need to be – well, I, again, it comes down to what are people's goals. Um, I think if you ask enough why, 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 you're eventually going to get to I'd like to be healthy and fit in my old age. So yeah. this is where I've kind of drilled down into what we talk about mostly is it's you need food and fitness so you can live a long time. You need money if you're going to live a long time. So I kind of wrote those three together in our podcast video. But, I mean, that's exactly it. You just find your goal and then start – Moving towards that. Yes, there are healthier pursuits, but if you're doing nothing, you're like, I'd like to be bigger. Great. You found something that you'll do. The best program is the one you'll do. So let's do, let's, let's rapidly go through sure. this Q&A, right? Mad Max Thunderdome says, hey, Andy, if I tear my hamstring sprinting, should I keep working out or do nothing until it heals? So, yeah, it's a good one. So, um, yeah, sprinting is a one that I avoid because you're going, I mean, I'm an old guy going from nothing to sprint. It, something's going to happen again. You know, bell-shaped curve. Don't do the end things. But the, the question is, hey, I pulled something. I hurt my shoulder. I hurt my hamstring, whatever. Don't do nothing. That's that's the killer. I've seen this happen a lot just in any of the, the world of fitness. I hurt something like, like you're boxing. And I ran out of the routine. So um, I did a race. I stepped in a hole, nearly broke my ankle. I did everything one footed and I did a lot of things on the bench and I just did that for a while until I was better. Right. And I actually weirdly healed a lot faster. I think that tearing down and building up kind of helps you. So the answer is do something. Don't do nothing. And if you're like, I can't think of anything, email me. I will tell you things you can do with keeping uh, your hamstring in check. Yeah, I guarantee you can bench press, incline, decline and flat with a torn hamstring. Right. But don't strain the injury. <laughs> right. Right. And as the injury begins to heal, don't push the recovery of the injury. So then start walking or or hiking or something. But if you feel pain, not discomfort, not tiredness, but pain from the injured area, stop. That's your body saying, hey, dumbass, That's we're it. trying to put shit back together and you're tearing it apart here. Listen to your body. That's it. Yep. Uh, beautiful AI look back. I guess is that what it is? Uh, what is the nasty room? It sounds bad. Yeah, that's uh back in the the day of CrossFit, everyone would just yell at you, go to the nasty room, and that's basically you go up to the place where you're like, I don't think I should do anymore, but I'm going to, and you okay. open the door and you walk in, and you're like, let's just do this thing. So as an example, there's a workout called Fran. It's got a bunch of thrusters and pull-ups. In the day, it was like, get a sub three minute Fran. It's a workout that can be done quick and fast. It's 45 pull ups, 45 thrusters. I entered the nasty room and I laid on the floor for two and a half hours thinking, oh dear Lord, I think I'm dying. And I didn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. That's the nasty room. Don't go in the nasty okay. room. Like, it's good to know where it is, but, but back away. So it's not really a place. It's a mindset. It's, it's, it's an attempt to do a thing. It's in it's here. Like, and we're in here. It's I don't like know, a wall in running. There's no actual wall. It's right. a, it's a, okay. It's where grit and stupidity meet. <laughs> grit and stupidity meet. All right. Uh, Jeff says best coaching certification to get. Oh, man. The best? I guess it really is going to depend on what you do. So, I'd research what you're going for. There's some that you can literally just pay a hundred bucks and then take an online class and you're a coach. Okay. I don't know. I, I would go here's actually, here's what I would do. I would go watch people coach and see which ones are coaching the way you want the best. Yeah. It may cost you some money going to some gyms and, and watching yeah. and then ask him, how did you get this way? What, what certificates did you get? I, I think what you're going to find is it's actually the reps that they put in of coaching, not necessarily their certificate. 
So I'd say go get reps more than certificate. That's not a word. Yeah. I mean, certs are, they are what they are if you're trying to get a job or build a client base or whatever. But I, I always, this kind of question always makes me think back to the old story about, you know, you're doing the confidence course in the military and there's this big thing. It's 80 feet in the air and you have to walk across this six inch beam from one end to the other. And it's like a 20 foot gap. And there's a, there's a net under there. And this is a real thing. You really do this, right? And the guy goes up and they fuck with you. They like step on it and shit and make you do right. it. And the one guy goes up and he comes back down. He's afraid he won't do it. And the drill sergeant screams at him, you know, and he goes back up and he comes back down. And then the, the, the captain comes out and says, what's going on? You know, the company commander. And he, they tell him this guy, well, he goes over like, stupid fuck, get up there, get it fucking done. <laughs> the guy goes up and he freaks out, takes two steps, comes back down. And fucking colonel comes out. Colonel says, what's the problem? They tell him. The colonel walks over, talks to the guy, brings him aside, talks to him nice and calmly and quietly for a couple seconds. Dude goes up, goes across the thing, comes back down. And the sergeant says to the captain, what did, what did he tell him? He goes, I don't know, but that's why he's the colonel. <laughs> because he understood the man, right. right, not the task. And I think the coaching, go. good coaches, you will probably have a primary coaching style but you'll also vary it to the client if you're any good. That's right. I cannot teach my granddaughter math the way I teach my grandson math. They think that's differently, right? right? Man, and that's I think that's huge. That's, that's huge. like a big and, deal. Um, let's in case it happens, uh, Georgia or Woodstocks has turned into um, a hurricane or something out here. So if it, yeah. if I get cut off, there's craziness. But keep going. We'll 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 we'll, we'll handle it if it happens. Jay says, uh, "What are your thoughts on cardio versus straight?" training priorities one over the other or use an even mix yeah i go uh, that's great so the, the joke in crossfit is what do you do for strength we lift heavy stuff what do you do for cardio we lift heavy stuff quickly so i go strength and then i would just lift lighter weights faster to get some cardio the thing is you can do strength and get some better uh endurance but you can't do endurance and expect to ever get more strength so mm-hmm. if i had to pick one i'd go strength and kind of like um, mix it up, but yeah, I would do that. And of course, CrossFit, it's cross fitness. I do, I do it all. And CrossFit PTC says, Andy, is there such a thing as skinny fat? Yeah, we actually, we just talked about that. So I don't yep. know if that came yep. in before or after. Yep. So yes, it's people like think of runway models. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's, there is also this thing, and I think it's a big part of the myth that carbohydrates are wonderful, is there are people that they have a really high tolerance for this shit, and they have the little pooch belly, yeah. but they wear it well and whatever. But when you look at their lab work, they're just metabolically fucked up. That's um, right. Blood work usually doesn't lie, so go check that out. You know, what's your, what's your A1C? What's your fasting insulin levels? Like, these are much more an indicator than just looking at somebody now. What I will say is when you're looking at a dude that's my height and my age and he's 285 pounds, he's not healthy. Right. I think right. we can look at the, 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 the true fat side and we can see health and lack thereof. Just because I guarantee you there's people that are my height and my age that weigh 20 pounds less than me, they are not as metabolically healthy as I am. That's correct. They just aren't because they have a different body type or whatever. They're, it's definitely, in my opinion, a thing. Um, Xnoro says, what's your attitude towards supplements, specifically whey, BCAA, and creatine? 
Okay, I'm going to go with the picture here. You guys can't see it, but it's Senator Palpatine in his uh, Darth Sithius mode. And I think supplements are from the dark side. So the best supplement you could ever take is food. So food is going to move the needle 99%. Supplements are like a 1% thing. Um, I'm going to speed this up. I'm going to skip to creatine. There's yeah. so much like great news coming out about creatine that makes me nervous. So they're okay. like, you know, it's great for everything. I'm like, really? So everything says it is, especially for building muscle, right? But there's like, like it's helping your brain. It's helping everything. It gives you x-ray vision. So I feel like if it's like that good, somebody's like, it, they're missing something. But my supplements are I eat lots of eggs from pastured <laughs> right. dogs, and I put liver in my ground beef. Yeah, there you go. I, I take an ounce of liver. I, what I do is I buy a good liver, good quality, like, you know, grass-fed beef liver, cut it up in cubes. I throw it in the freezer because if you try to grind it without freezing it, it will make you very sad. <laughs> and then I grind a bunch of liver, and every time I'm putting ground beef away, I put one ounce of ground beef per pound. So I actually have a 17 ounces of ground. That's yeah. my supplement. And so that's, you know, spend money on food. like I do yeah. take creatine, uh, not creatine, um, quercetin, uh, along with zinc during flu right. season and stuff like that. That's a different reason, though. I'm not different, trying to put yeah. mass on with that. I'm just, yeah, and this question is just supplements. I'm just thinking like general health. I would say fix your, fix your eating first. Yeah. And then go what Jack is saying. Hey, supplement for specific things that you're looking for. But, but yeah. if you're not eating, mostly whole foods and some raw stuff then let's go there first. I mean, back when I was in the army, we, we wanted to work out so bad that when we were deployed for six months, we built our own barbells, right? <laughs> nice. So I don't know about being hardcore. Like we took plate steel and laid down like a garbage can on it. And the top side made big plates and you flip the garbage can over and it made the small plates. And we cut them with a torch and we built a bar and we stuck a piece of uh, a big piece of steel inside the bar and we welded the end shut and we welded big giant lug nuts on it for collars and we built a bench out of scrap wood. And at that time I was using various supplements and about the only one that I could find that I really felt during training made me work harder was this stuff. And this is like 1991. Okay. It was called hot stuff and it was banana flavored and I had to get my dad to mail it to me to even get it. And I'm pretty sure it was some sort of either natural or synthetic version of steroids. <laughs> because when I when I got back from, from Honduras, and I'd been there like six months, so I had my dad send me like a case of this shit, and I yeah. used it all. And so I, I got on the phone with him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm back. I'm back in my unit. I'm almost out of this stuff. He's like, yeah, it doesn't work anymore. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't work anymore? He said, well, because he was training too at the time. He's like, I went to the, the I think GNC is where he was getting it. And it's an all new improved formula and like a whole bunch of the shit that was in, it's not there anymore. And when I take it, I don't notice anything anymore. So it's like, I'll do it if you want me to, but I think you're pissing your money away. So yeah. I never got a training effect from any supplement when I was, and I wouldn't say that I am qualified to make that statement now because I do not train that hardcore anymore. I'm not you. I'm not going to be, I hit heavy bags. I take walks and I lift weights. That's, that's that, my thing. Do what um, you'll do. That's exactly at the it. Time, I want, uh, the reason I talked about making the weights is to explain how hardcore me and like this, this friend of mine, Mike Timberlake, were into this during this deployment. And we tried everything. It was the only thing that did anything. And it had like fineness in it and shit. And like all of a sudden it was like somebody somewhere in the FDA did their job and went, yeah, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And they've done studies on um, supplements and they found that 60% of the supplements don't even have in it what they said what they, they had in it. in it. 
So okay. you don't even know what the hell you're buying. Yeah, yeah. There's the old joke: if you're if you're taking vitamins and your pee doesn't smell like vitamins, what's the point? <laughs> That's the actual point, though. If yep. you smell it, then if it you open the multivitamin, you're like, and then you take a whiz the next day, and you're like, it smells the same. Well, then it all came out. Um, how do you handle increased appetite if you're doing carnivore ketogenic diet? I feel like I could eat an ox after a training session, specifically power lifting. I totally eat the ox. That's what you do. So if you're you're there, the fat and the protein, you, the the calories I eat should in the world of like measuring it. I should be a total fat ass that weighs 300 pounds. I eat. I mean, I've gone out with people and I'm like, Hey, I'm a little embarrassed about how much I eat because people make fun of it. Just so you know, ahead of time, don't make fun of me. Yeah. I eat a lot. Eat the cow. You're going to be okay. <laughs> it, it'll be, yeah, eat more food if you're hungry. Just eat the right kind of food. Um, like Jack said earlier, take your time. Eat, breathe, drink some water. Let's see if the satiation, the 15-minute the disconnect between your stomach and your mind actually catches up. And I also say, like, you know, try intermittent fasting. So I'm actually saying to eat less to deal with hunger, but it works. So, like, I eat breakfast maybe once or twice a week because I feel like it. Like most days I I haven't eaten today. It's one fifty two. Mm. It's one and if and before I changed my lifestyle, right now I would have sweat yeah, pouring sure. out of my head. I would have cut this interview short. I would have been like, dude, I gotta go. I would have been shaking. I probably won't eat lunch today. I'll probably do one meal a day today. Yeah. So but I didn't do that on purpose. You I just didn't know. I wasn't if hungry. You live yeah. this way eventually. Like so, what I'm also saying is, don't eat when you're not hungry. Right. Right. Because then you'll start to metabolically shift to be able to better draw on food that you need when you need it, and to draw. You know, and if this person, I would answer this question for this person totally different if he was in front of me, if he was obese. Fat, but in the right direction, or very, very lean. From other comments, this guy sounds like a dude that trains with weights all the time. You probably, like like Andy said, just eat the fucking ox, eat the oxtail, eat the ox bone marrow, eat eat the fat back off the pig, right? Don't eat the pie. Don't eat the pie. Don't eat the pie. That's That's not what you want. (laughs) Um, This one was really just an answer to somebody else that we covered. Roger, last one. What's your opinion on HIIT? I'm sure that's high intensity something training. Yeah, high intensity interval training. Yeah, interval. that's basically it's circuit training. It's kind of what CrossFit is doing. I, I, I like anything that's, I'm going to put in quotes, high intensity. Sometimes you don't want to send it. I, I just like the idea. I, For me personally, I dislike back by chest and try legs. I just get bored and I'll never do it. So this cures those with boredom of working out. So you mm-hmm. can come up with a circuit and you can move pretty fast. It's usually, you know, like I do 30 seconds of, yeah, and then I'm moving on to something else, something like that. So, yeah, I'm in. Double thumbs up. I like it. Yep. I've got a – one more question came in while we're there, and i got a rare Rumble question. Oh. Barrowhawk on Rumble says, any recommendation for child-friendly restaurants when away from home? Andy said no drive throughs because children will die without the drive through they'll, <laughs> they'll just blow away in the wind. Uh-oh. Andy Storm has kicked in. I'll, we'll wait and see if he unfreezes. I'll give you my thoughts on this, first of all, with the child-friendly thing. And he's still locked up, guys. Uh, I'm not talking over him. Anyway, um, I believe that nothing cures picky eating like hunger. Let your kid get hungry, and they'll eat. 
right? I mean, that would be, it looks like Andy is in a different window now. We're going to add him to the stage and remove this one. Andy, what happened, bro? Yeah, so um, my, my house is on a, some stuff because I didn't turn things off. So now I'm on my cell phone. Technology, okay. baby. All right, we're, we're, we're working. We'll, we're, we're almost done anyway. What I was saying is, like, as far as the kids not being able to uh, be fed because you don't have a drive-thru, hunger fixes picky eating. It, it, it does it every time. So if you yeah. say what you're getting, you're getting. You know, and I would say you can there, – there are plenty of restaurants that you can eat healthier than normal in. You're still using whatever crap they used to cook with. But you no know, one said you had to have the potato with the steak, right? And, you know, like every restaurant I've ever been has a kid's menu, and they all eat a hamburger, macaroni and cheese, or a grilled cheese. That's right. what every kid eats. So I don't, I don't see that as much of a problem. I see it more as the kids are picky and won't eat. So let so them go hungry. Here's the thing that I started doing with my kids. Again, it, it equals one for me. I've had one family. I've had four kids. I don't know if it's yeah. going to work for everyone. But I, I told them you can only eat if you order it. And we would start off like I took them to Longhorn, some sort of steakhouse. And I was like, hey, this place is known for steak. Try a steak. And so they were fascinated by the idea of they're ordering their own food, kind of like growing or making your own food. Ah. And um, they my kids are not mac and cheese, chick, chicken fingers type of kids. I think it's because I accidentally gave them the opportunity to level up and order their own food. One of the things we've done with the kids here is there is no soda in this house. It doesn't exist. We have like flavored zero calorie. And I don't mean artificially sweetened. I mean like, like Soleil or like LaCroix or something. That's, that's if you want a soft drink, that's what you get. Uh, flavored sparkling water or you get water. You know, that's pretty much what they get to drink. And when we go out to eat, I might let them have a Coke or root beer or whatever they want, but they get one. They get one, and they don't get a giant bucket of it. And what we found is that they eat more of the good food if they don't drink the soda because they drink so much soda, they fill up volume and just junk calories. And That's right. I think one of the biggest pre- pe- problems people have with kids, though, is we have gotten into this point where we are terrified if kids have any discomfort or suffering. Well, life's not going to work that way. Right. Let them get hungry, you know, if they say, I'm not going to do this, then you don't eat. But what will I do? You'll get hungry, and eventually you'll eat. When, when I had Matthew as my you know my son going back 25 years now, I, I called it the, the patented Jack Spear go top of the refrigerator method. And that was simply, here's dinner. Well, I don't want to eat that. I'll put it on the top of the refrigerator. What's that? When you're hungry later, that's your food. Yeah. What if it's cold? I'll put it in the microwave. What if it doesn't taste good anymore? Well, then you should eat it now. We did the, uh, if you complain, you get to cook tomorrow. Nobody complains. I did you don't raise your voice. You don't get upset. You don't threaten. You just quietly put the food aside. Your mom and I are going to eat. When we're done, we're going to go on with our lives. You get nothing until you eat that. Now, if you wake up tomorrow morning for breakfast, I'll give you breakfast. And (laughs) unless the dog will eat it or something, but you won't get anything else tonight. You won't get a snack. You won't get anything. Do you understand me? Well, I, I didn't ask you if you were upset about it. I asked you if you understood. <laughs> you did. Okay, great. That's the way it is. And eventually they'll break. They'll always break because you have all the power if you'll use it. And don't worry. They won't die. They won't dry up and blow away. I do the same with chores and stuff. Like, okay, well, then you don't get to do anything. You can sit there and stare at the wall. I'm not going to punish you. I'm just not going to let you do other things. 
That way you are in control of your own suffering and misery. It's up to you. Yeah. And, and it's so much easier. Like when I was a young parent, I had a hard time. Like I was so didn't want to punish that I wouldn't punish until things had gone so far that then I was overbearing. And when I realized, like, <laughs> wait a minute, you have all the power. Like, I, one thing I miss is like now we have mobile Internet and all. And that's good because you're, you're still here. But all I would do with my son, hey, take care of this. Hey, take care of this. He'd come to me. I, I, I can't get online. Oh, you want to use my wireless router. You don't have a wireless router, do you? I have a wireless router. You have a dirty dog that needs a bath. <laughs> you want to use my router and my ISP? Then you need to go give the dog a bath. That's not fair. That's fine. And I just not say another word. Not another word. And handle diet with your kids this way. Your children don't need Twinkies because they're children. Right. And you get to people who are like, well, they should have sweets and snacks at time to time. OK, then that is a unusual situation. That's not every day. You want to give your kid garbage once a week? Do it. Do it on Saturday evening or whenever. Pick a time. Then it's special. Then it's actually special. Then it doesn't become a habit. Right. You know, one more thing. Uh, sure. one more thing. We'll, we'll wrap it up. Somo says intermittent fasted and fasting and strength training your thoughts. So it's going to be um, pick the goal you want to solve. Um, if you're not eating enough calories and you're working against your strength training, so that's going to be a tough one. If you can load up all your calories inside the window that you're eating, then, yeah, you can solve it. You can do them both. But um, it's like the, the question I get from guys about, like, hey, I'm fighting pre-diabetes, but I'm taking a sugary smoothie in the morning for more protein. I'm like, well, what are you trying to solve? What's your actual goal? Go for the first goal first. And then work on the second goal after. So I would probably not mix those two. Yeah, I think I, I have a hard time telling people what to do as far as intermittent fasting because I do it all the time, but I never did it intentionally. Right. I'm not going to say I've never done it intentionally, but as a, as a way of life, I don't like like I said, I'll eat breakfast maybe tomorrow. Right. And, and I right. might not eat it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I might on Monday, and then I might not. It, I don't, I don't really plan it. I just don't deny myself food when I feel I need food. I only eat the food that I'm supposed to eat, and because of that, I tend to not get hungry very often anymore. And there are yeah. times when I'm like, literally, like, okay, you need to eat now because if you don't, you're going to be eating right before bed. And I'll actually have to make myself eat at this point, right? And I, But I don't know, like I've said, if you want to do under 100 carbs, no seed oils and all that, you can. I don't know that will ever happen to you with that diet. I think yeah. you have to be eating a fat-based diet, like most fat, decent amount of protein, almost no carbs for that to naturally. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying for it to naturally happen, I, right. I think that's where you have to be. But yeah, I do good. think there is a place for some loading up on either calories or even a little bit of carbohydrate for certain types of training. I, I do understand that even people that are all in on this, like Mark Sesson will say, like, yeah, you might want to put a little bit of a like some sweet potato or something right before you're doing a high intensity bike workout or something. I, you know, that's right. It's well, not when I do those world, adventure races, we're out in the woods for like 12 or 24 hours. Um, I do a lot of fat food because that will burn longer. Um, yeah. I still avoid. Like I don't do bars. I don't do sugar and all that, which is a strange way to eat. 
But um, it works. It's it it, it 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 doesn't always have to be what you've always been told. You can experiment with your own body. I see. I don't think it's that's strange. not weird. But you know what I mean. I don't think it's strange. I think we have under modern the modern lens. It appears strange. What do you think the Indians that went out into the woods ate? Did you think they went and got a, 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 a what, is, what is that company, uh, the Granola Bar Company, Nature's Valley? Right. They went out they went to Nature's Valley and get, get some peanut butter uh, granola bars with curb <laughs> chips in them? Or, you know, what they ate was, uh, what, what the hell is it called now? Um, Bill Tong's in my head so it won't go away. Um, pemmican, right? It's literally pounded up dried meat, slathered in tallow, with a little bit of be- dried berries, and the berries were there mainly so you could stomach eating a brick of room temperature tallow. Right? <laughs> that's that's what they ate when they went off in the wilderness on hunting parties. They didn't, you know, and they had maize, and they didn't, you know, they didn't eat a bunch of freaking cornmeal when they went out to hunt like that. So I don't think it's. I think we have made that which is normal strange, and that which is strange normal in in our yeah. modern society. Anyway, man, I really appreciate you being with us today. Let's remind everybody, Andy is now a member of the Expert Council, and you guys can send in questions for him. TSPC expert in the subject line. Ask your question up front in one sentence. Hit return, then give details. Then you'll get past my batty-ass eyes, and he might actually get the question, because I'll tell you right now, it applies to all Expert Council members and questions for me. If you send me a block of text that's this big with no paragraph breaks in it, I don't read it. It hurts my head. Right. Like you got to break up some paragraphs in there. A paragraph is part of the English language for a reason. It's not just because somebody thought it was a good idea. Uh, but anyway, yes. Yeah, send the questions in for Andy. This was a great interview. I really appreciate you being with us today. Uh, thanks a lot, man. And do you want to tell people how they can learn more about what you do? Sure. Yeah. So we have a website, CrossFitGarage.com. Of course, we're located in Woodstock, Georgia. So if you're not here, it doesn't maybe help you too much. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. You can find me at Andy McCann 42 and it's mostly chickens and food because you, that's interesting to see. And uh, chickens don't talk. I have a, a podcast where we do talking and um, on that one, it's mostly fitness, food and finances. Um, oddly, the podcast is still just called CrossFit Garage because perfect is the enemy of done. I don't have a name and it's been a year and I just whatever. It's called the gym name. One day I'll figure right. it out. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you being with us today, and I'll make sure links to all of that stuff are in the show notes for today. Thank you again for joining us. You bet. Thank you, guys. All right, folks, real quick here as I wrap up, because we did end up long today, but it was a great discussion, so that's fine. I just want to remind you that you can help support the show in a variety of ways. Um, One of the things I did recently is I uh, created a direct relationship with Vivor, and that allows me to do some things that, you know, I, I have shown you before, but actually do a better deal for you. So last year I found this product. It's how I actually found the board is a 10 inch commercial meat slicer. It is a fantastic tool. And if you use it the way I recommend it pays for itself in a few months, especially if you're a heavy meat eater, uh, just making your own roast beef from like eye of round or something like that over what you would pay for that crap at the deli alone will, will work really well. Well, when I signed this deal with Vivor last week, I realized, hey, let me just check some of the things I've already recommended by them. And right now, today, you can get this product for 227 bucks through my links with my discount code directly from Vivor. And if you want to buy it off Amazon, you still can. You'll spend 15 20 bucks ish more 
to buy it from Amazon from made by the same company. Uh, so I'm hoping that this relationship that we have will help you out. I will be building out the Vivor catalog in addition to the Amazon catalog in the coming weeks. Right now, there's only two products that I have for you. One is the, the raised beds from yesterday and this one from today. Uh, but T-Spads will still be the hub where everything is. And remember, you can always help us out no matter what you buy if you start your shopping at tspaz.com. Another thing you can do is, you know, start taking some of the courses that I'm putting together at Home Food Systems. Um, we talked a lot about nutrition today. Believe it or not, your plants need nutrition as much as you do. And their nutrition is different than yours. Plants don't go buy a bag of Doritos, not just because they're smart enough not to, but because they don't eat that way. Plants live on biology in the soil. Your job is to take care of the soil. The plants will take care of themselves if they do that. Bioactive compost is the best tool for doing that. You know, we talked all about supplements today, and some supplements make sense for some things, like minerals, like you don't have a star in your backyard making new elements. So if you lack something like manganese, it's just not there. You can't make it. You're going to have to bring it in from somewhere. But most of what your plants needs, no matter how bad you think your land is, it's there. They just can't get to it. It's not bioavailable. The average shitty farm, conventional farm, corn and beans, has 40 years of phosphorus. But they don't phosphorus every year because they don't take care of the soil. They don't build the biology. If you want to build biology like nothing else, bioreactor compost is the way to go. I spent two months putting this course together for you. It is fantastic. It's 40 bucks. You'll learn so much. And I'll also remind you, if you've taken that already, we have a second course out, principle-based permaculture design. It's free. So if you're thinking about this course, but you're like, it's maybe Jack's a shitty teacher when it comes down to like really teaching. I don't know. Take the principle-based design course for free. And then I bet you're going to want to take the bioreactor compost course uh, and, and share this stuff, too, because it really helps build what we're doing at a higher level. If you're helping us out by sharing the work that we do, sharing the podcast, sharing the YouTube channel, all of it. Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoyed it today. And real quick here at the end, Anarchy, $7.77 Super Chat. Uh, thank you so much for that. And Amy B, a $20 Super Chat says gas money. Thank you guys a lot. Yeah, I've turned off all the advertising during live streams because YouTube is a bunch of lying pricks. And, you know, if, if somebody throws me five bucks a live stream, it's it's double what I was making anyway. So I appreciate both of you guys for that. And then just for future, you have a question you want to make damn sure that I see it. If you throw me as much as a buck on a live stream with, with that, it automatically gets starred for Q&A. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. I'll catch you guys tomorrow with an expert counsel Q&A, and I'm pretty sure we'll be hearing from Andy again tomorrow as well. you out just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way. Let me show you a better way